Welcome back, everybody, to another time-traveling, exciting week in the 80s with the 80s kids. Um, we are here today to um, talk about another week uh, that involves all sorts of different things. We'll talk about some premieres. We'll talk about some news. We'll talk about sports. We hit it all. That's our thing here on this particular podcast. My name is Kyle Lintz, as you know, and my co-host here is Rich Oliver. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Um, and uh, we're back again. So we're back for another episode. This one's going to be pretty exciting. This is an exciting one, Rich, because this is exciting for three reasons. First, we're going to talk about yeah. a pretty cool premiere. Second, we're going to be inviting a very special guest in. And third, it's our first guest we've ever had on our podcast at this point. <laughs> it, so it, 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 it is. And what a way to kick it off, too. Yeah, yeah. We got a pretty exciting uh, guest. So uh, let me introduce our guest uh, before we get uh, into the, the big segment of the week this week. Um, so our guest is uh, is pretty well-renowned. Uh, he's a person that's been in the, uh, the industry doing uh, voiceover work uh, for decades now, right? Um, so he's most known for the, the particular series we'll be talking about today, which is Thundercats. He's also known for his work in commercials. Uh, he's the Skittles guy, right? You, that's one of your big things now. You're our Skittles yeah, voice. Yeah. And uh, he's also known as Sonny the Cuckoo Bird, as well as Count Chocula uh, in the, the uh, serial commercials. And um, he's, uh, he's here joining us today to talk a little about all this excitement. And, and not, not to mention, too, you also did... I miss in the morning for a number of years too. That was yeah, a, yeah, thirty-five huge. years. That's a wow, wow. That's an awesome <laughs> legacy wild, right there. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me just welcome uh, Mr. Larry Kenny. Uh, for those that haven't figured it out yet, thank you for joining us here on our meager little podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's my pleasure, guys. Yeah, my pleasure, good. Kyle. Of course, you and I go back a long way. We go back a ways. Uh, yeah. yeah, we met a long time ago, and and uh, we did. And Rich, I'm just meeting tonight. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we went back. We were we worked on a little project together. Nothing, uh, nothing huge, but it was it. We got to know each other a little bit. We've we've yeah. uh, kept in touch over the years, and yeah, we yeah. just send a nice uh, holiday message, happy birthdays, things like that every year. So we yeah. we like to keep in touch, and and, and yeah. you know, and it, when we we decided we wanted to start to branch out this podcast since it's pretty broad, we 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 stretch a pretty broad net on the show, um, you know, and what we we deal with. We've, we always talked about, hey, we should start inviting some guests in. And the first person I thought of was yeah. you. So, oh, wonderful. I'm very honored to be your first guest. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. Oh, we're, we're excited to have you here. So, and that brings us up to what we're going to be talking about this week. So, this week is um, going to be September 9th to September 15th, 1985. And in that particular year, mm -hmm. the specific show that we mentioned premiered that year. And that's the big one we're talking about, which is Thundercats. Yeah. Thundercats uh, was a huge show in the 80s. I mean, and this was, was this your first animated show that you worked on or was this? Uh... It, it was, yeah, it was my first animated series. Of course, I had been doing um, animated characters, Count Chocula and, and uh, Sunday the Cocoa Puffs and Bird for about five years before that. But uh, yeah, but this is my first animated series. Yeah. So, and, and this ran for a number of years. I mean, it ran from 1985 to 1989, which is pretty good for uh, a show that's in syndication, an animated show in syndication uh, for that yeah. time. Because most yeah. of them would pack it in, in in a year, you know, one year and done. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, this one went that for seemed four. to be the trend in the 80s, yeah. 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 So this well, show there's went a lot of competition back. There's a lot of competition back. Big time, back, yeah. You know? And yeah. Not, and, nothing um, to sneeze at either. I mean, 130 episodes, which is... Yeah, Pretty impressive. 
Pretty yeah, impressive. Well, did. well, well, as a matter of fact, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the show premiered on the air on, uh, I think it was on ABC first, wasn't it? I don't recall. May have been. But, but, uh, yeah, September 9th, or the week of September 9th through the 15th, as you mentioned, uh, of 85. But we started recording it in 83, late, very late 83. No kidding. Really? Yeah. That far out. Yeah, a few, a few people realize that. Um, uh, I'm not sure exactly why, but uh, we we did 13 episodes before we did more. Whenever you do a TV show of any kind, uh, you do 13 episodes to try to sell that to the network. And of course, now now the networks are making you know making their own things. But um, so you had to do 13, and then if they didn't buy it, of course, it's all over. And if they decided they want more you know, uh, another 13 weeks or 26 or whatever, then you got to really start uh, busting your butt and making lots of them, you know? Sure. Right. So now back, back then in the eighties, that was, you know, that's just old school animation, all, mm -hmm. all hand drawn back then. So it, were you doing the voices before they did the art? Yes. Is that why you did it so far out? Yeah, you always do that with animation. Okay. <clears throat> It'd be impossible almost to, uh, as a practice. Right. To watch the screen and try to match, you know, the, the lips and speak sure. wouldn't be impossible, but it would take forever. Yeah, right. yeah. You know? So yeah, we do the we do the voices first. So we had already done probably uh, six or seven, maybe more episodes before we ever saw one uh, completed oh, okay. put together. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then that was a blast. The first day we got to, we were like I a bet. bunch of we were like a bunch of kids in the studio. <laughs> and I'm going, oh my god, it looks great. Yeah. So, and, and now you were yeah. you played the character Lionel. That was one of your your, uh, which was the main character yeah. of the show. He was uh, uh, it started out with him as a young child who then went into yeah. the hypersleep, and then woke up and he was mm -hmm. you know an adult, nice and buff too, which is always interesting. <laughs> hypersleep, he's still <laughs> still ripped but, when he comes out of this, <laughs> but still with the mind of a child, uh, uh, yes. a seven or eight year old. Yeah, yeah, which was kind of cool that they they actually yeah. kept little... that that uh that was yeah. in there so so as well, the first through, uh, yeah go ahead I, uh, the, the, i'm sorry the first uh few episodes i had to play him as a seven-year-old boy you know uh which was kind of fun to do it was the same voice i had to keep the same voice you know right but kind of talk like this gee jaga i don't know if i can do this job you know kind of like that <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. and then and then we gradually made him you know a little older each episode right. after that yeah wow. and and they they really and this was cool too because they they actually um, built some of the story as the the show went. I actually recently rewatched it with my five year old son. Oh so, great! Yeah, and he he actually loved it. He he was he got into the characters, really enjoyed the the stories Good. and everything. So it shows how how well that show transcended even you know yeah. decades later. Right. It still still really works yeah. for kids. But they actually yeah. built storylines um, that would you know carry over. You know, it wasn't just one episode and then it was done. They started a new one. They would actually yeah. have these arcing stories that would pick up uh, here and there, which was yeah. pretty cool yeah. from back then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. So it, it, yeah. I'm glad to hear you. I'm, I'm glad to hear you got your son involved. That's you know? <laughs> right. new generation. You know, absolutely, I'm always absolutely. amazed that I do a lot of uh, comic cons. You know, mm -hmm. and I just it just uh, makes me feel so great when families coming together. You know, uh, father and say that's the guy I was telling you about. That's the guy I was telling you about, and, and they always tell me I've, I've got them watching now, and they love it too. You know, yeah. so it's nice. Yeah, it's, nice. it's it yeah, just absolutely. builds multi generationally. Yeah, great. yeah, and it's it's funny too because I remember doing a convention with you one year. I was I was at a booth next to you and watching yeah. just the fans come up to you and just interact uh -huh. with you was so cool. 
Um, yeah. You had just a really great rapport uh, when you when you talk with them. I mean, it just when oh, when you. they leave, you see that they're just glowing. They're so happy that <laughs> yeah. you know with with the experience they just had. It wasn't just a uh, he looks at this picture, signs it, and hands it to you. There's a nice interaction that you have with the people. And yeah, it's always, it's I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I, I yeah. love the only thing I don't like about it is sometimes I don't, I don't get to chat with them very long, you know, because the people right. are waiting in line. Yeah. And uh, um, my son Tanner, he used to come with me, you know, to all the Comic Cons. And in fact, he's the one who got me started doing them, Tanner. Uh, this is what, 15 years ago, something like that. Yeah. And he said, Dad, you got to start doing these things called Comic Cons. I hadn't heard about <laughs> them before, you know. And uh, uh, he said, yeah, you go there and you sign autographs, you know, and, and get paid for them. I said, I, you know, I don't want to do that because for 30 years, I've been, whenever somebody contacts me with a letter or now email, of course, can I have an, an autograph picture? I say, sure. I, I mean, people from all around the world, I've sent pictures to Sri Lanka and everything. Awesome. Um, but I don't charge anybody for it. In fact, I pay the postage and I pay the, have awesome. them printed. Uh, I just feel it's my obligation to to fans of the show you know if 35 years later somebody is sitting down and writing me gee man you know you're one of the best memories of my childhood and all right. this kind of stuff what am i gonna say no that's some commitment yeah at that point yeah yeah, yeah. so so i said tanner I, I really he said dad you don't understand this comic-con thing that, that's what it's about people come to these things to meet people like you that they're never going to meet anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And there are other celebrities there that they want to get autographs from too and everything. And that's the understanding. And you, you know, these guys charge money, mm -hmm. us guys charge money sure. to get autographs. <laughs> so right. at first I didn't, I, I was still leery, but I went to the first one with him in New Jersey and I made him, I made him take the money from people. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't just, I couldn't get myself to sign the thing and then hold my yeah. hand out, you know? Right. So, uh, but then I, I began to learn, you know, uh, yeah. that uh, people say, that's why we're here. I, I don't know. How much? Well, it's right. true. Yeah. It really is true. I mean, the fans are there because this this is the expectation at this point. You know, they know sure. that they're they're there. They don't mind giving you the, you know, the paying the, yeah. the money for the, the yeah. pictures. And the well, you know, also, also the collector, collector thing now is so huge. I mean, everybody's yes. collecting. Oh my God. Yeah. Things. And, and of course, a large part of that is buying and selling to somebody else for a little you know so i understand that too uh, and i don't mind that sometimes people will say uh, oh don't put my name on it and that's right. fine with me. um um but uh, some of the other actors i know will say you know if they don't want you to put your name on it, they're going to sell it they're going to sell it online <laughs> i don't care what they do with it god bless right. them you know right. yeah i'm going to get my 30 40 bucks for the signature which right. how long does that take me to do you know come on right exactly uh, i don't want to get greedy there you know so I tell them, I say, I say, do you want your name on it? And some people say, uh, uh, no, but it's it's just for me. I, I say, listen, I don't, <laughs> right. you, know, I, you know, go get them, sell it, and make some money. What do I right. care? Yeah, right. whatever. I works, got mine, right? you know, and I'm just happy to be here and <laughs> right, you know, still doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like I was mentioning before, you you uh, you know you do the Skittles commercials currently. The you yeah. know, you, you come out and say, taste the rainbow. <laughs> it's, it's more like. <laughs> feel the rainbow taste the rainbow <laughs> there it is right there that's beautiful there you go. i've been doing that for 20 over 20 years now i think yeah that's awesome and, and it's, it's one of the greatest jobs i ever had because it's only one new word every commercial <laughs> it's, a, it's yeah. true it's, 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 feel the rainbow it's discover the rainbow taste the rainbow that's awesome. enjoy the rainbow taste the rainbow. i told them one day you know you guys should just hire a studio for the entire day 
for two days, and then I'll come in and we'll, we'll record every verb in the English language, and then I won't have to come in. Anymore. Right. There you go. I said, no, we're not going to do that. Right. Uh, there's a funny story, too. I remember one time when we were working on that one project together, you came down to the studio and um, you had to do recordings for VH1 because um, they were doing the best week ever, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we drove you to that studio. We went in. I mean, this is yeah, no, no yeah. joke. We drove you there at like, I think it was like maybe 10 in the morning or something like that. We went in there. I swear you did an entire uh, best week ever, the week of the best week ever, entire <laughs> month of best day ever all in about 20 minutes. <laughs> it yeah. was great. It you was know, a fantastic moment. It's funny. Were you there too, Rich? No, 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 no another, another friend. Uh, the funny thing is, um, that's where I got the voice for the Skittles thing. Oh, really? Is from really? doing that because if you think of it, it's, it's just that gravelly. Uh, um, yeah. It's the first week of April, 1989, the best week ever. <laughs> I just awesome. changed that to feel the rainbow, taste the rainbow. But man, it works because when I tell people, um, when you came up and did like the thing at MV uh, for us in, at my college, yeah, I told him, oh, he's a Skittles guy. He says, you know, this and taste it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. They instantly knew the voice. And, you know, yeah, so yeah. I always made it pretty oh, cool. Yeah. And you did a civil. I remember you did. Um, and, and I didn't know this until I, you came up and uh, did that. And this is back in the 80s as well. You did the, the Mighty Dog commercials. I don't know if yes. people remember those. That was the dog food. It was like a in, it <clears> yeah. was like a superhero dog commercial. The cape. Yeah. yeah. The cape yeah, on yeah. And flying through there. And then yeah. I would say, yeah. Uh, Carnation presents the adventures of Mighty Dog. Mighty Dog. But the thing that I don't like Superman. Yeah. Yep. I remember those. And uh, I, I didn't know that until you came up and you did that presentation and you talked about it. I'm like, oh my God, I remember uh, those commercials. I'm like, I didn't realize that was you doing those all those years. You know? Yeah. So, I yeah, was you, everywhere in the 80s. You were. You really were. When I when yeah. I go back and look at, you know, even going so, into yeah. your, your IMDb roster, there's quite a, yeah. you know, you had quite of a, a, a an array of, you know, uh, shows and commercials. Yeah, and games I, that I guess on. so. That's what Kyle said. He goes, I'm bringing in Lionel. And I go, okay. <laughs> and he goes, and he's done a couple other things too. So <laughs> now, yeah. how did you get involved with Thundercats? So this was Rankin Bass. Uh, that yeah. was the, the animation studio. And th this was unusual <laughs> at the time because they were doing a syndicated weekly animated show in New York. They were going to record it completely. All the voices right. in New York City. So that was yeah. a pretty pretty big deal at the time. Um, it was. So, uh, I got I got the call from my agent. That's how in this business you get any job. You know, you have to they have to call your agent, and then <laughs> your agent says, "Okay, uh, Tuesday at two o'clock, go to this location in Manhattan, and and you're going to be auditioning for a, a new uh, animated series, cartoon series that's going to be done here in New York." And of course, I went, "What?" Because they had never had been never had been in the animation. It was always in L.A. Right. You know. Um, you know, with Disney and Warner Brothers and all those. And uh, so I, I uh, went in and auditioned and that's, I got it, got lucky and got the, the job. There were, I think, five of us in the cast. At one point we had six, I think, with, when Jerry and Raphael joined us in the second season. But the five of us did all the voices, you know, every character in 130 episodes, as you mentioned before. So it was, um, you had to be on your toes, you know. You did, uh, who else did you, Jackal Man? Was that one of your... Jackal Man, yeah. We must get the Thundercats, yes. <laughs> and I did. I was Safari Joe. Remember That's him? That's right. Yeah. Going with him, you know all that? Yeah. <laughs> and I was oh gosh, I think Rattaro and 
quite a quite of a, a a cast of characters that you got to. Pursue. Yeah, yeah. So well, how do they do that when you uh, when it, so when that week's uh, script or whatnot comes out for that, that episode? Uh-huh. They just the the five of you are sitting around and and they just you just kind of divide up who's going to play all the uh, the bit players for each episode or pretty much so yeah yeah we uh, you get the script about a week in advance you know so you can get get, get comfortable with it you don't have to sure. of course you don't have to memorize it because you're not on camera which is great <laughs> but uh, yeah you get the script and then <clears throat> uh, of course then we we, we audition for I. When I got there, they had me audition for two two characters, one Thundercat and one mutant, you know, one of the bad guys. So I I decided, let me audition for Lionel. He's going to be the, the Lord of Thundercats. He's the star, so I'll go for that. You know, of course. Couldn't hurt. And then I saw this, they had drawings all over the walls of the characters and uh, the Thunder Tank and Castellar and all that stuff. And then they, they gave us a, about a page or two, uh, a paragraph or two uh, summary, synopsis of what the show was about, what the, each character was about and stuff like that. So uh, I auditioned for Lando and Jack Man and was fortunate enough to get both of those. So then we start recording. And then when, as Rich mentioned, when a new character came in, uh, instead of doing the whole process over again of auditioning, we would just in the studio, um, you know, just, okay, let me, uh, I got an idea for that voice, you know, I'll, I'll try that. And, and they, if they liked it, fine. Some, or if not, so Peter Newman or somebody else would say, uh, 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 Peter, let's hear how you would do it, you know. And we also had to keep in mind after, especially after a year or so, um, that uh, after you'd done so many voices already, when a new character come up, you'd have to uh, find a voice that didn't sound like anything anybody else had done before. Right, right. Yeah. Including yourself, yeah. you know. Right. So a lot of times you'd have to say, uh, or, or if you had done that character for a while, but he hadn't been in the script for maybe several mm-hmm. episodes, and he would pop up again. And so they would play it back for us, what we had done before, right. to refresh our memories of what I'm supposed to sound like, which is normal in the business, you know. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I have to have somebody, you know, remind me of what... Uh, the Skittles thing is supposed to sound like. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah. You get the exact timbre and everything, though. No? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when um, you were saying you, there were the five of you, what are the characters? Um, if, this will be a cool little piece of trivia for those <clears> that don't know. He played the grandpa on um, the Cosby show. He was Panthro. Um, I can't remember yes. his name offhand. Earl? Yes. Uh, uh, Earl Hyman. Yeah. Earl and, Hyman. Yeah. Yeah. He, is, he played and he, Bill Cosby's father. Yes. On, on the, yeah. And he was Panthro. Yes. He was Panthro. Yep. And uh, other voices, of course, like everybody else. Yeah. And then uh, we had Earl Hammond, who was um, Mumra. Yes. And other voices, too. Yep. Earl was Earl Hammond. was amazing. He was the funniest guy in the world. To be in the <laughs> and uh, he was the oldest of Well, I guess he and Earl Hammond were about the same age. They were both in their... 60s and 70s when we did the show and the rest of us were like in our 30s you know early 30s and um so it's an honor to work with both of those guys they had been very well established as you mentioned uh, uh earl hyman was uh, on the cosby show and uh anyway um earl hammond was so funny to work with because he played mumra and if you remember watching the show when mumra was transforming into mumra the ever you know mm-hmm. uh, the ever living uh, if you see on screen, 
Mumra starts drooling. This horrible stuff comes out of his mouth, right? Well, Earl, Earl Hammond did that when he did the part. He would go, ancient spirits of evil, transform! And the spit would just fly out. It got to the point where the rest of us would be looking ahead in the script, you know, and I'd go, two pages. We knew we had two pages before he was going to start doing that stuff. And then we'd all start gradually moving away from the microphones. <laughs> One day I brought, you remember the comedian Gallagher? Yes, yes. We used to take plastic, yeah. pieces of plastic to, to the front row. Yeah. The front row. <laughs> yeah. well, I brought a piece of plastic once. Every time Earl started talking, I'd put it over me like this. I mean, he would, and he would, he would go, transform this decayed form. <laughs> and wipe it off into Mumra. He was so much fun. Did, did they animate it that way because of it, or was that was it already? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, they may have. They may yeah. have. Maybe, yeah. Uh, I think that they probably did because it was so obvious. Uh, if you watched him do it, that that's where all the yeah. drool. Yeah. They're probably like, get a load of this guy. We gotta put that in there. We gotta, we gotta add that in there. That's good stuff. We gotta use this. Yeah. No. Here's one thing I'm curious about. Like now that the show premieres, here it is September 9th, you know, it probably wasn't right away that you saw that the show was really connecting with kids. When was it that you really realized this was more than just a, you know, a a quick job that you were going to do, that it was something that was really. Oh, we could, as I think I mentioned before, we all knew we being the cast and the the crew, the engineers and everybody else. Uh, when we talk about it at lunch and stuff, very early on, like the first couple episodes, we were saying, you know, this uh, this thing's written very well. This is good writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, of course, once they played that music for us, you know, we're all like, oh man, because you're expecting cartoon opening, you know, like it's the Thundercats, and that guitar hits, you know, right, right, yeah, it's really rock. Feel the roar, yeah, we love that. And then, and of course, we all knew we had a great cast, and so we we always thought this has a chance but you know in show business whether you're doing a cartoon show or a movie or an album or anything like that uh you know if you've got good quality if you're working with good quality but that doesn't mean everything mm-hmm. it doesn't mean the show is going to be a right. hit i mean in television it takes one of the big factors is uh, promotion how well they promote the show mm-hmm. uh when they put it on the air you know if they put it on the air saturday mornings at six o'clock mm-hmm. it's going to die right, right. nobody's going to see it you know right so we never knew, and I like to tell the story, and I, you may have known this one, Kyle, after the show had been on the air for, <clears throat> I mean, maybe a year, not quite a year, I was Christmas shopping mm-hmm. at Toys R Us. I do remember this story. And, um, <laughs> and I had been, it was about two weeks before Christmas, so I was shopping. <clears throat> the last time I had been to Toys R Us, several months before, there was... Um, one aisle of Thundercat stuff, and then about two aisles of He-Man, you know, and about three aisles of whatever else was Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. This day, I walk in, and there's four aisles of Thundercat. Nothing on both sides of the aisle, four aisles of Thundercat stuff. And I went, oh, man, we got a hit, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you might know this part of the story, too. This is true. I, I walked, I started walking down one of the aisles, and there were two boys about, <clears throat> I'm thinking, nine to 12, something like that. And they're looking at the action figures. And I heard one of them say, I'm gonna get, uh, I'm gonna get Tigra, because he's the cool one, you know? Yeah. And the other kid says, no, I'm getting Panthro. Panthro drives the tank and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't help myself. I said, excuse me, guys, why don't you get Lionel? 
You know, he's the guy who says, Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. <laughs> they just look at me like, who is this old pervert? <laughs> so I'm thinking, what did I just, what did I just do? You know, I mean, right, right. security guard's going to be coming right. back in any minute. And I start, I just start walking away, and I heard the oldest one say to the other one, "He didn't even sound like Lionel." <laughs> I started laughing, and I thought, "Oh, if you only knew, you little right. turd." Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's a great. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, with the, this, now the cartoon was created by itself, and then the toys came out. The, the, it wasn't. It wasn't to support a. To support a toy line right off the bat, you know, right? uh, I I really can't answer that. I would have years ago. I would have told you. I'm sure that's what happened. Once the show became a hit, they started doing the toys. But I, sure. looking back at the way this business runs, I don't think so, because I think it was planned all along. Okay. Uh, I think they uh, came the out. I tell you that is, I think it was in tandem they came out. I, I could be wrong. But I, I think so. Which meant they had to plan it and have the toys, have the toys, sure. ready, you know. Sure. So let's say probably after the maybe the first six months and they could the numbers were great. It's going to be a hit. So then they probably started making the toys. Right. right. But um, the reason I say that is uh, when the 2011 reboot came out. Right. Yes. Uh, in which I played, I played yeah, Claudius Lionel's father. Yes, King Claudius. Great series. I, I thought it was, it was a great series. It was I fantastic. It was a long time. I really I thought, thought that so was going to go further than it did. It was fantastic. Well, you know. You know, I didn't. Part of it was uh, promotion, uh, comedy or not Comedy Central, Cartoon Network didn't really promote it that well. Yeah. And right. but secondly, uh, the numbers were still good, the ratings were good, but the toy sales were not real high. Right. And that's what that's what that's, that's what, what rules what, the business these days. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah, but it's, it's a shame. Fortunately, in that line, you did get the action figure. They did make a King Claudius, uh, King Claudius action. Yes, figure. they did. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, so at least you on. got to that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was only on about three episodes. I right. Yeah. So that's, that's <clears> because it was it was actually a, a prequel to the original series. Yeah. Claudius was still uh, the Lord of the Thundercats and was trying to decide uh, who to hand the sword down to, Tigra or uh, Lionel. Yeah. Well, we all know how that worked. Out. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> So it, with with that success now, you know, you, like you said, you, you had sort of seen the toys and everything just exploding around you. Um, yeah, yeah. Did, did you expect it to continue going as long as it did? You know, like for the four years, mm -hmm. I mean, did you figure that, hey, we'll, we'll record a few more episodes, you know, they'll just rerun the hell out of those. And then, well, <clears throat> simple answer to that question is, uh, one of the answers is that uh, there was no way we could possibly have known 35 years later, I'd be sitting talking to you guys about Thundercats, you know, Thundercats, yeah, what was Thundercats? So we, we, there was no way anybody could ever know uh, sure. that it was going to remain that popular. And it wouldn't have if it weren't for technology, you know, and, and computers and, and um, new television networks that would run things, you know. Sure. Uh, back then, if you remember, not everything had, had reruns. You know? Right, right. And, and even the ones that did, if you, if you missed the show, you might catch it on reruns. But if you missed the, missed the rerun, there, there was no videotape. Right, was that was no it. Right, yeah, like, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Right. The benefit of so, something um, like like Thundercats and those types of shows in the '80s was that they would be on multiple networks. The syndication allowed them to have 
you know, yeah. that benefit of, of, you know, so you could catch it at three o'clock at this, on this channel and then five o'clock on this channel or whatever. <laughs> so you yeah. can kind of catch it almost two or three times in the same day, if you were lucky. Yeah. So that could, yeah. that definitely right. helped them back in those days. And now of course you got, now of course you got the, the streaming of course, yeah. outlets, you know, <clears throat> right. Oh yeah. You can watch, it on, you can watch it on Netflix, I think Roku. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, wow. I think we watched it on Hulu. We watched uh, Hulu. That's right. Yeah. The, the, the right. series. And then Judy, now you can, you can just watch the whole season, right? Then after yeah. that, you know, so right. You could, yeah, you could, those. you could watch 10 episodes in a row. We're back then. Yeah. You know, we had to, we had to wait till tomorrow to see, you know, part yeah. two of, of this episode and that episode. So. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> this is black back when everything was black and white, you know, uh, I'm not just TV. I mean, the world there was no color. <laughs> And uh, um, I remember, well, let me put it this way. One day I came home and my kids were watching uh, uh, The Wizard of Oz, okay? Yep. And at one point my son says, let's pause this and go. I said, no, you can't pause The Wizard of Oz. He said, well, we can rewind it. No, you can't. Because when, when I was a kid, it was on television one night a year. Right. It was a Sunday night. And for months, for weeks and weeks, they would promote it. And then, don't forget now, Sunday the 25th or whatever. And you would be home to watch. I mean, families, would, you know, yeah. cancel things. Stores would close because right. everybody wants to be home and watch The Wizard of Oz. So yeah. here are my kids playing around with it, you know, like they're the god of Wizard of Oz, <laughs> deciding who's going to play what. Yeah. It really freaked me out. But even if even... Wizard of Oz is bad luck. It's right. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> Even they show bids. I remember even when I was a kid, um, this was probably around 1983-ish, maybe 82, 83, when they <clears> first <throat> ran Star Wars on TV. Because this was before it was released. I think it was even on VHS. Even if it was, if you most people didn't even have a VCR. So when it aired on TV, like you were, uh, you know, you you cleared your schedule for that evening to yeah. watch that, yeah. that movie because you haven't yeah. seen it unless you've seen it in theater yeah. at that point. So and if yeah. you miss it, if you miss yeah. it, then that was it. wait till next year. Right, exactly. So yeah, D DVRs were the, f it was like uh, the future. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that was, that was, yeah, that, we'd be like, what What kind of technology is that? that right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's pretty incredible how, how this has been able to just keep its, you know, it, it keep itself alive for as long as it has. Yeah, um, I, know. It, I, I know in the 90s, Cartoon Network was rerunning them pretty regularly, you know. So I, yeah. like this was probably about four or five years after it, well, it ended its run in syndication. And you so know, it when, kept you, it alive. when you look at it, I, when I was looking back too, I was thinking, you know, for the for the mid for the mid 80s, the, it was a unique style of animation too. Mm -hmm. It wasn't wow. that just bulbous type of stuff. It was, you know, more like an anime type uh, yeah. mm -hmm. look yes. to it, you know, yeah. for that, for that, it also, that era. Yeah, that's right, Rich. As a matter of fact, just the other day I was watching uh, an episode and um, I had forgotten how great the animation was in terms of the way it was drawn was great and everything, but the shots were like movie shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Different angles. And the angles, exactly. From above and from below, you'd, you know, uh, I'm almost thinking cartoon too. shows back then. Yeah, and, and the, the thing too is, I think the animation was so much more smoother, like the movements yeah. of the characters. Because if you yeah. watch something like um, Hanna Barbera was doing back in uh, those days, right. I think typically yeah. they animated at 12 frames a second. 
I'm yeah. almost thinking that they probably were getting up there well, 24 to 30 yeah. frames a second. Yeah, yeah, when you look at like a Ice Captain Ice. Caveman or something, <laughs> they're all just walking straight across the right. screen type yeah. Yeah. animation where it looks like they storyboarded yeah. uh, Thundercats where they had, you know, they had the look of different <clears throat> angle shots, like you right. say. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah. that gave a lot more to it. Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's what excited kids, too, is like those shows at that time we're really getting more, more detailed, more involved. And I think it was, it was like going to a movie every day, you know, it was, yeah. it was pretty exciting to, yeah. to, to be a part of that. And, sure. Um, and with the running storylines, like you say, the carryover storylines, right. it's more like, a, it's more like a comic mm -hmm. book format. Yeah, exactly. Would, yeah. You know, inst instead of everything comes to an end at the end of the episode, we clean it all up. At least you have that cliffhanger yeah. effect mm -hmm. where yeah. you want the kids the kid wants to be there when he gets off the bus exactly. the next day yeah. to turn yeah. on the tv here's, here's something too that uh just a little insight too is that there the second season premiere episode which was thundercats ho five-parter that was originally intended to be a theatrical release I believe. Mm -hmm. now how was that done when you were recording that was that all they were just like hey we're doing a movie no, no, there was no, uh, no, I don't even, I mean, I mean, they probably mentioned it to us, but so what, we're doing the same thing we're going to do anyway, you know what I'm saying, in terms of, <laughs> right. in terms of, of our, of our performance and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think maybe if they, if they had told us, I don't know, it might have messed with our mentality, I'm like, okay, this is a movie <laughs> now, this is, this is not just a TV show, is it? you right. know what I mean? It's bigger than anything now. Yeah, but it I all guess start. I it guess because started. of the uh, underplaying of Transformers, the movie that summer, they opted to go with a five part episode. So they mm. cut it into the five parts and ran it that way on yeah. TV. Yeah. But I, well, it was a, that was a big trend too back then was a lot of the, yeah. the, the shows would get a theatrical release, but you know, yeah. if it, it didn't always play big numbers for that. And it was, yeah. a, you know, not but, like now. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unless you consider the last year, because it's funny, you look at that, I'll still read some of the box office reports and like, hey, this movie made $5 million this week. We're, it's a hit. You know, and it, you're like a year and a half ago, that would have been considered yeah. a flop, you know, sure. so yeah, it's right. sort of changing that dynamic of how, uh, you know, we're looking at movies again. So yeah, right. It's pretty interesting stuff. Um, I don't know. Did you have anything else, Rich, you wanted to ask about Thundercats before we... <laughs> no i mean like i say that i uh, yeah just looking back on it i mean i uh, it, it was a great series and i thought like that was the question i had about the toys because i always wonder a lot of times back then they had a, a toy line waiting and then they they wanted uh i think he-man they did that didn't they didn't they mm -hmm. want to do that with the they put the toys out and then yes. try to support it with with the cartoon yeah he-man yeah. gi joe transformers yeah. all of that <clears throat> Yeah, you could you could kind of tell too that that was the situation. But the yeah. way your the way yours came out, it almost seemed like it was intended to be more of its standalone series, mm -hmm. and then yeah. the toys, I'm, like you say, I'm sure they had toys lined yeah. up. Everybody, yes. yeah, I mean, they seemed more. You know. It seemed more like this show is so big they're going to sell toys about, about it. You know, yeah, right. it, yeah. Right. Conceptually, it was, it was definitely years. different than um, yeah than what you saw mm -hmm. before. Yeah. But this was because if it just a little historically, um, I think we talked about this in episodes prior, but the, the Reagan administration had actually lifted the ban because years before they couldn't um, create cartoons based on toys. That was a mm -hmm. that was a no, no. You can make a cartoon, 
and then make yeah. toys based on that. But you couldn't have yeah. a cartoon based on toys. So exactly. that lifted around 1981-ish. And I think that's what, that He-Man came out about two years later. Yeah, the, the, uh, the trend. There was a campaign, I think, uh, uh, mothers, um, mothers for quality children's television, yep. something like that. Um, this one woman started it, and then we grew to a huge national thing. And and certain things had to not just in cartoon shows, but all children's programming. Mm -hmm. And that's when you started to see. As a matter of fact, uh, Thundercats was in part created because of that. That this mm -hmm. this. Um, this new new angle at making cartoon show without all so much violence you know if you if you think about it thundercats there was violence but thundercats never started it they didn't go around beating people up in fact they always tried to talk if somebody right. attacked them they always tried to talk with them you know we're all brothers we're all but yeah so that that kind of changed things and that's one of the reasons that that uh, rankin bass um they created it with that in mind. It was the first uh, animated series that had uh, uh, on staff child psychologists oh, cool. who would read every script hmm. and the writers would talk to them during the writing and the script and say, would this be, and they might say, I can't give you specific examples of what was cut out and everything, but they would say things like, it might be, you know, for the age group you're going for, uh, maybe not good reference to use or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, sure. uh, mm -hmm. So they at least, um, Gave it lip service. Yeah. So that's yeah. when it start, all started back mm -hmm. then around the mid-80s. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. and each, uh, like the end of the episode sort of gave it them, it wasn't like a, a direct in your face lesson, like in He-Man or G.I. Joe, they would, but they would talk about, hey, this is what yeah. we kind of learned yeah. from <clears throat> that's right. this, this episode, which is yeah. pretty cool. Well, well the, the Code of Thundera was all part of that. Yeah, it's <laughs> Truth, true. honor, justice, loyalty. Yeah. Uh, what other cartoon show tried <laughs> tried to implant in kids' minds the right way to live? That I have people come up to me at comic cons and on the street sometimes, and uh, people of all walks of life, you know, doctors, and, uh, mechanics, whatever, who uh, tell me they, they grew up uh, listening to it, and um, they say I got my moral compass in part from Thundercats. Huh. That's pretty. Neat. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, uh, that's a know? that means a lot to me. You know, that's yeah, why I still yeah, always. I'm so protective of the uh, legacy of Thundercats. For right. that reason. That's pretty heavy. At least they're not be like, well, I started smoking crack because I watched Thundercats. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> you know, I've had, I've had over the years, so many people, even before Comic-Cons and all that stuff, and even, even before computers and email, you know, back in the early nineties and everything, uh, I would get letters from people who would tell me in varying degrees of detail, that they did not have a very good childhood. And even if they weren't very detailed, I knew what they were talking about. You know, they were being abused or they were sure. poor or whatever. And they would tell me, uh, so many of them used the same exact words, but every, every day when I went into my room, closed the door and watched Thundercats for that half hour, those troubles were all gone. That's yeah. and that, you know, that's, 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 awesome. that's the heavy thing that I'll never forget. And I, I keep that in mind, you know, when I'm talking about Thundercats. Sure. Well, that pulls at your heartstrings a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it has to. About stuff like that. Right? If, it, if it doesn't, you know, you're not. Yeah. And, and that's well, why we're, I, we're talking about these shows decades later because of yeah. the, the impact yeah. that they had like that on people. Yeah. Well, yeah. and not to shift gears too much here, but I, I mean, he Kyle was talking about your, your, your other voiceover work. 
But I mean, I didn't listen to that show, uh, the I Miss in the Morning. But what what was your role with that for all those years? Uh, comedy routines as various <laughs> characters. I, I didn't. Okay. I mean, works. It's an old joke I used to do. This a cough button. This <coughs> it works. <laughs> That's why I don't do it anymore. Um, I'm sorry. What was your question before that dumb? Oh, just about your role on uh, I Miss in the Morning. There. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You didn't want, you didn't watch it. Or no, I never had a never had. A it was on radio. He was on radio for 30, 40 years, and I, then then we were on TV. Oh, you uh, were okay. I was aware yeah. of the show. I remember. I remember him being in the news. And yeah. stuff. So. I would do every day on the show at least one two and a half to three minute comedy routine as Richard Nixon or as. Uh, oh. Walter Cronkite, people like that. Uh, and that was my role on that show. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I, I did watch some of your bits, because you were on what, MSNBC, I think? We were on MS, on NBC first, and, and then, okay. uh, yeah. So I remember I remember you in the, the the one I remember, you were in a military dress with the- um, George Patton. Yes, there you go. Yeah, that was another <laughs> of the characters I did, George yep. Patton, yeah. Uh, and I did him, I did him as, George C. Scott did him because, you know, General Patton did not have, everybody thinks that General Patton, whom my father uh, was with his unit in the world. Oh, no kidding. Oh, cool. yeah. My dad, my dad was in a, in a, in a tank, anti-tank oh. tank. And he, um, Patton actually had a high pitched voice and he stuttered a little bit. There's, there are one or two uh, clips that you, you can find of him on YouTube. It's very funny if you, if you listen to it because he'll get up on the Jeep, you know, and he'll say, now, man, we're, we're going to go over there. Really? <laughs> the way George C. Scott did him, of course. Right. Now you men are here to kill people. Right, right. <laughs> we're Americans, by God. And Americans love to kill people. So get out there and kill people. <laughs> that's the way. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, awesome. that, that's how I always thought he was. <laughs> yeah, know, right. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. So that's what we do, yeah. Yeah. But but that that time, I mean, you you had a pretty lasting legacy with with that show and with Thundercats. I mean, that's yeah. Do people come to Comic Con really and, and talk about Imus or any of the other stuff too. Not really. Uh, some in New York, a lot of times people do. Um, sure. But um, because you know we were on just in New York for years before we ever went national with the show, right. radio, radio and TV. Uh, yeah, but people people tend to be. They tell me a lot of times at Comic Cons. They, they read the thing in the, that's printed in the, the little booklet about the show, who's there and what they've done. And they, I didn't know you were the guy, you know, who did the GI Joe commercials back in the eighties. And <laughs> I didn't know you did a game show in New York for three years. I didn't know you had a comedy album out and all that stuff, but I've done all those things. Uh, so I've been, I've had such a great career in pretty much all facets, even record albums. I had a, a comedy record album out called wow, the, yeah. the honest yeah. to God. We really mean it very last Nixon album. <laughs> hey, can, can we listen to that on YouTube or anything? Like yeah, that? Well, maybe. Awesome. You know, I don't I know. Look maybe. it up. Yeah, yeah look it up. I, I yeah, kind of doubt it. Uh, it sold about eight copies, I think, because it was actually, <laughs> it was actually very funny. It was, it was produced by Earl Dowd, mm -hmm. who was the guy who, who produced, wrote and produced the first family album about the Kennedys. I don't know if you ever heard about that. but I do remember in, something about that. It, it came out and it became the number one selling album not just comedy album right it was selling more than the beatles no kidding and made an incredible amount of money and Ray, earl dowd who produced it 
and uh, he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make you the same deal. He wanted me to play Nixon. He said, I'll make you the same deal that I made Vaughn Meter, who played Kennedy. Uh, he said, I'll give you, uh, he said, I, I told Vaughn, I'd give him $35,000. This is back in the 60s. $35,000, just, you know, flat rate. Or uh, a nickel for every album that was sold. He said, Vaughn took the $35,000. It sold 23 million albums. Jesus. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So, um, did I say a nickel? No, a dollar for every. Oh, geez. Yeah. 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 He made twenty-five million dollars. So I'm no <laughs> dummy. I, I said I'm not stupid. I said I know what happened to Vaughn Meter. You know, I'll take the. Uh, of course, the money was more now because it's thirty years later. I said I'll sure. take the dollar uh, fifty an album or something. He said you got it. Instead of he offered me fifty up front. I said, I'll, yeah. I'll take the. Then what happened was, uh, but from the time we started writing it and began recording it. Nixon was more and more, it was becoming more and more obvious that he was a crook. So by the time the album came out on Brunswick Records, um, <laughs> he had already been, you know, out of office. Mm, so yeah. who wanted to go buy a Nixon comedy album, you know? <laughs> so uh, it, it really was the very last. Yes, it was. <laughs> right. It wasn't just a clever title. <laughs> Uh, bad timing on that end for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing is one day I, I used to I used to uh, have my own dark room at home and loved taking pictures and, and, and developing them and all that stuff, you know, printing them. And so I always carried around a camera with me in New York because, you know, in, in my business, uh, you might be busy from uh, 9 to 1030. Then you got an hour, hour and a half break where you don't have to do anything you know, until your next audition or recording session. So I'm in New York City. What better place to just walk around and take pictures, you know? So one day I'm walking by the Waldorf Astoria Hotel and I see all these news re reporters, a friend of mine from the Daily News, and, uh, and I'm dressed just like him because I had my vest on, you know, with all the pockets to keep your film and, and stuff mm -hmm. in. But I wasn't a professional photographer. It was just a personal thing. And so I see this guy saying, what's going on? He says, Nixon's about to come out. He's going to walk from here over to um, Simon & Schuster. Uh, and signed the, com uh, the contract for his biography, autobiography. So as we're talking, the doors burst open. A couple of Secret Service guys come out, you know, looking around like this. And as I, as, by the time I get my camera up, Nixon is five feet from me. And he goes, oh, wow. how you doing? Sticks his hand. I just, how you doing? I said, oh, I, for a second, I wanted to do, because I was doing Nixon then on I was, you know. For, uh, for a second, I went, uh, I'm fine, Mr. President. How the hell are you? You know, but I didn't. <laughs> he says, he says, great. he says, why don't you come with us? I said, yeah, sure. Okay. And these wow. other news reporters are going like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? <laughs> Who is this guy? And they only allowed like three pool reporters to go with him. Wow. You know? And he invites me along. So I'm going, Jeez, I hope I have some film in this camp. <laughs> so we, walk, we walk like the five blocks over across Park Avenue and go up Fifth Avenue to the thing. And every corner, I'm, when there's a red light, believe it or not, he had to stop for red lights <laughs> because he's walking, you know. Right, right. And uh, so I just snap a picture and he'd look at me and go, I've got a whole, I got a whole bunch of them in the basement. No kidding. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Great. Here you are. Just like, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, just some random guy walking by and boom. Yeah, and I was scared. Yeah, I was walking. scared to I was scared to death the whole time. I admit, I would have been too. That some that some you know passerby was gonna say, Hey, aren't you the guy that does uh, those funny Nixon impressions on I <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no <laughs> yeah. yeah 
That's awesome. Yeah, and you give that guy the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, an interesting well, thing too. Neat. Yeah, uh, it, it, another interesting thing too that you uh, that some people may not realize is you did a, a Family Guy episode as Lionel. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, how how did that oh, come yeah. to, to be? This this well, was actually in between. This was after the show got canceled. They did that movie. It was a Stewie Griffin story, I believe it was called. Yes. Right before yes. It, it, it launched back into its phenomenally yeah. successful run. It, it actually was that Stewie Griffin's Great Adventure or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Right. Uh, well, um, they had they had uh, done Lionel on um, Family Guy a couple of times. And Seth, uh, Seth um, McFarland had done it. Did a good job of it too. Mm-hmm. One day, my agent called. And he said, "Hey, Seth McFarland called. He was his um, his agent too. And um, Seth wants to know if you'll do Lionel and Family Guy." And I said, "Sure, okay, I'll do it." <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I'm sorry, that's not what happened. I was reluctant because I had seen the show Family Guy, loved it, brilliant. But when he went, when I was asked to do a, a Lionel on it. Right. I hesitated because, you know, as I mentioned to you before, I have a very strong uh, affection for the legacy of, you know, right. I don't care, but I didn't I didn't want the fans to be upset. Uh, I, I, I told right. Don, I said, you know, it's a it's a brilliant show. God, I love that show. But I said, you know, you know, they're pretty raunchy on that show, you know, <laughs> and Thundercats comes from the 80s where you didn't say poo poo on the air, you know. Right. right. Pure, pure stuff. I, just, I said, I'm just afraid. I said, my agent kept saying, you know, you should, Larry, he said, I got some of my biggest stars in my, in my you know, that he represents. Uh, I'm trying to get them on the show because people, everybody <laughs> wanted to be on Family Guy, you know. Right. Sure. From, uh, you know, from, um, Oh, a lot of people. So he talked me into it. I said, but I'll tell you this, Don. If one person, fan of Thundercats, comes up to me on the street and says, you know, I hate you for doing that horrible thing you made Lionel look, you know, stupid or something. <laughs> he said, it won't happen. And it didn't. It was great. If you didn't see it, it was it was only a short bit. It was um, uh, in San Francisco. And for some reason, Peter Griffin and Quagmire, I think, were driving around San Francisco. And Peter Griffin at one point says, boy, I bet you find a lot of strange couples living together in this town. Huh? <laughs> and, and they shoot immediately to an interior of an apartment, which is occupied by, um, by Chitara and Snarf. <laughs> so you buy the premise, you buy the joke, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, um, so Lionel is just standing there like this. Chitara comes up and she says, uh, what you doing, Lionel? He says, well, I know that Mum Ra's up to something. I can feel it. But I don't know what it is. I'm going to have to find out. And she goes, okay, I'm going to the can. She goes in the, in the bathroom, the apartment. Lionel looks, he takes out the Sword of Omens and says, Sword of Omens, give me sight. He points it towards the bathroom door. Give me sight. <laughs> At which point, Snarf comes scooting out and says, What are you doing, Lionel? Lionel says, Well, I was just, uh, uh, you want to get stoned? And that's where it is, right there. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah. it, you know, it's 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 a loving parody, which is yes, what makes it work. So right, right. So, and, and people can see it as is not making fun of Thundercats, yeah. but really embracing it for what it was. Just, that was like my son told me. Again, he talked kind of talking into doing it too. And uh, uh, oh, I forgot to tell you. After I talked to Buckwald, my I, uh, my son said, uh, I, I said I don't think I'm going to do it at, at home to my to my son. 
And I said, he said, why? I said, well, they sent me the script. Do you want to see it? Look what line there say. Tanner says, dad, you got to remember the people you're worried about, the kids, the, your fans, the kids, they're 35 years old now. They're not, right. you're not going to, you right. know, offend anybody with this. This, right. this, is, this is what people love now, this kind of thing. And he was right. I never had one compliment. I won the negative comment about it. No. <laughs> Yeah. No, they're just glad. They're like, hey, there's Lionel. And he's hip. <laughs> and he's hip. Right, right. Yeah. Guys, this has been fantastic. I do have to go and I, I think yeah. I'm taking up a whole hour. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's been it's Thank been you fan. so much. We, yeah, we so appreciate you coming on. We'll definitely uh, love to have you come back again when we, we talk about some of your other stuff in the future. Let's do it. I'd love to. I'd love fantastic. to. Of course, you, you and I will keep in touch. Definitely. You got a birthday coming up sooner or later, right? That is correct. You, you <laughs> got a good memory there. <laughs> By the yeah. way, I don't know if I told you or not, but I kind of follow you on, you know, on Facebook and everything too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so happy to see you got married and you got uh, at least one kid now, right? Me, me I have, uh, I have four. <laughs> oh my god! Well, yeah, yeah. you you mostly wow. see. God bless you. I I have the two young ones. There there's five. The one is five, and the other one is almost two. But I have two that are almost sixteen. Oh, <laughs> twins. I have twins okay. that are six. They don't like to come on camera too much. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't no, see them too much in here. About nice there. Spaced them out nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, I don't know if I spaced them out nice. I was a little nuts, I think, in between. I spaced mine out nice. My oldest daughter, Carrie, the actress. Yep. You familiar with Carrie? Kenny Silver? Uh, absolutely, because uh, yeah. they just they just released the newer episodes of Reno Nine One One on, yeah. uh, on uh, yeah. Roku. Uh, yes, the ones that were right. on, on Quibi yeah. are now on uh, Roku, which is awesome. Well, she's uh, she's fifty one, and I, uh, my other daughter is thirty. Just turns okay, thirty seven yeah, yeah. tomorrow. So and then, I'm in the same boat. So they're spaced out. <laughs> yeah, yeah which is nice great. Stupid. You know, <clears throat> guys, it was yeah. wonderful talking to you. And we'll and Larry, do thanks so much. Thank you so much. We appreciate you okay. coming on, and, and uh, you know, uh, we are we are humbled at your presence. So oh, thank you. But, but thanks so much. Uh, we appreciate it. And we definitely hope to have you on again. If I can take one more second, I just want to thank all the fans out there who watched Thundercats and listened to all the other stuff that I've done because you were you had to. It was on television. Uh, I'm sorry that I was everywhere. But uh, thank you very much for watching. We appreciate you being everywhere. If it weren't for the fans, you and I would be talking like this. So thank you, everybody. That's right. Thank you, Larry. Okay. Okay, guys. Take care. Great take care. To you. Take care. You too. All right. Wow. Wow. That was awesome. What can we say? Wow. That was just what a great guy. He's a great yeah. guy. Oh, he's a fantastic guy. And I, and I, the first time I met him, I mean, he was just, this is how he was. He was just, yeah. Stories. Oh, he's so personable. Just, yeah, he, absolutely. And like I said, when I've seen him interact with fans at Comic-Con, yeah. he is just I mean, the most pretty, genuinely pretty big. nice guy. I, I didn't realize he did so much stuff. I mean, that's uh, yeah. It, it's you're like I'm bringing out Lionel, and he did a few other things. I was just like, oh, all right. Then he's like, yeah. I did this, I did that, I did that, yeah. I did that. And holy well, shit! There's there's a, a one of the other big shows he did in the '80s, which we'll hopefully be talking about with Silverhawks. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, he yeah. did that too. Yeah, Didn't he, he bring that the, up? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was saving that one. I wanted to wait till we. We talked about the premiere of that. We'll bring him back. <laughs> now, how did you, did you get, was he going to do with some voices on uh, your cartoon you did, the yes. Space Seal? Yes. He, oh, he okay. actually, yeah, yeah. This was a, a whole deal. We actually had just written him a, a letter and asked him if he'd help out. We got in touch with him. We worked something out. And yeah, we uh, we uh, really? flew him down to record with us. And that was when I saw him do the VH1 work. And 
Yeah, he uh, he was great. I mean, we recorded all his episodes that we were going to have him in, you know, in an afternoon. The guy, yeah. the guy is a, a constant you guys, professional. You guys never. How did that? No, nah, took off. Whatever. Yeah, that. yeah, just sort of the 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 person I was working with. We had a falling out. It sort of just. Oh yeah, yeah. There, so. Oh, that stinks. So, yeah, because yeah, you were uh, it's unfortunate. You know. Yeah. Thing. Well, but, we'll have our damn we'll have our damn fallout. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn you. Yeah, well, we can't. We've known each other too long. Yeah, that's the that. thing. You and I have been we've known each other way too long, I think, at this point, Dan. Right. Right. If we were gonna fall out, we would have fell. Oh, yeah, right. We it would have fallen a while ago. It would have happened by now, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it was awesome though that what, he came out for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew he you know, I've known him for a long time, so that's why yeah. I went to him first because I'm like, I know he'll come on. Yeah, great guy. Great guy. But one of the th great things too, when when he came out, he did a uh, a, a presentation. He came up and talked at MV once, uh, where I teach, and he was. Uh, he, he I didn't know this about him at the time. Is he was absolutely frozen with fear. He could not speak in front of. Really. Yeah. He he oh, he, he got through fine. Yeah. He's he doesn't speak in front of people. Right. He does. He does small groups, five people talking. Correct. Yeah. Into yeah. microphones. Right. Uh, I didn't even think so, about that. So yeah, he, he was. I didn't either. When I invited him up, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> then he gets up there, and he's like, "You know, I I never realized how I I just." He's like, "I was afraid of that," but he. But, did he, it. but he was a comedian too, and stuff. He said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He did the comedy I mean, stuff. So I mean, I. I yeah, don't know. it's weird. But it, but he can do like if he's at a comic con, he'll do a Q and A in front of a huge crowd, no problem. But if he's yes. like he's if he's talking about himself or anything like that, he doesn't like it. But oh, really? but he did it and he did a great job. And there was a there was one particular student that stayed. I mean, she hung around. She was an art student. She was at. I mean, this was probably like ten years or so ago, and she was probably you know like maybe eighteen, nineteen huge thundercat fan she was so excited to meet him it was it was just a, a sweet moment when she got to go really? up and take her picture with him and he was just so genuinely you know, sweet to her it was yeah. just fantastic you know what, i mean you know what i like about him is he's uh he like he was concerned about uh disparaging the name yeah. of of Lionel and this yeah. and that and whereas you know a lot of people who like either i'm not saying like a lot of people would be like I know now he's the old alcoholic. He's like, <laughs> I used to be lying out. And, right. and, well, and, you, know, you know, some people hate the stuff they used to do, right. but he, you know what I mean? And think of right. it as like the, the lesser of their work, but he, he really takes pride in it. And, uh, right. And, uh, it was nice to hear the stories about kids writing and stuff like that, you know? So Absolutely. So it was good. And, and, and if I remember reading a story, an article, this is getting way off tangent, but, uh, Peter Robbins, who was the voice of Charlie Brown for the Charlie Brown Christmas and the great pumpkin, like those years, the original years of that show, mm -hmm. you know, he, he sort of laid the groundwork for that character. Sure. Uh, like about five years ago, he got arrested for like threatening kids, like in his neighborhood. I'm like, sure. that's, that's the kind of thing you think these people become because they're like, they're just, ah, damn right. kids. But well, yeah, he, right. he just loves, no, loves what he does. Yeah. yeah his daughter, his daughter's fantastic. She does a lot of great stuff. Um, you know, and it's pretty neat that you, I mean, you had a, you know, a pretty small experience with him really mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. but you keep in touch. Yes. We, you know we keep I mean? in touch. 
Right. It wasn't but, like you were on Thundercats with him for years. You know what I mean? You just right. brought him down, wanted him to do some voiceover stuff, and here yeah. you are. You're still right. in contact. And, yeah, uh, that's pretty neat. I think. I think. I. You know. I don't. I don't bug him. Like I don't call him up and say, "Hey, how's it going? Yeah. What are you up to?" You know. It's just, right. You know. <laughs> creep him out somewhere. Right. But it's just right. you know. Every now and again, hey, happy birthday. Hey, Merry Christmas. How's it going? You know. Things are great. Good to hear from you. You know, that kind right. of, it's, well, a, it's a, a pretty friend, not a stalker. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know I, now, I, who is this? Go ahead. I, 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 lo- I like, I loved Thundercats as a kid, but it wasn't something that I was obsessed with. So I'm not one of those right. people that's going to be like, ah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. By the, by the power of Grave Skull, you know, you right, can yeah. recite everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, who was his? He said his daughter. She was in uh, Reno 911. Yeah. She was one of the creators there? of that show. She, she started on the state. If you remember that show on MTV, it was a sketch comedy show called The State. I, if I saw her, I would recognize her. So. Yes. He'll tell you that he was at every taping of that because they shot it in New York. But she's been on, you know, every show from It's Always so Sunny she wasn't, in Philadelphia. She wasn't, she wasn't on Reno 9. Oh, yeah, she, she is. Was she was oh, on. she is. She is. She was one of the cops. She, she, she has the short, blonde one? short brown hair she has. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't remember. Okay, her I think I know. I but yeah, that's his daughter. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Car- oh, nice. Carrie Kenny. That's her name. She's. Kenny. Yeah. But. Well, that was a great guy. That was yeah. a great guy. Fantastic. Was, for a first guest. We, we, you know, now, now the bar is too high now. <laughs> now the bar, right. Because I'm saying, like, next week we might bring on Barnsey. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's just going to sit here and motherfuck everything. All right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, hey, it's great. <laughs> Right. It's still great for yeah. a whole thing, but yeah. No, that was perfect. That was perfect. I yeah, appreciate was, you bringing him on, man. Yeah, it was great. I'm glad he. I'm glad he was able to to work with us and do that. But we've got, we've got. We'll have him come back. We'll have more guests too. I've got yeah. a few other people that I'm, I'm bringing on. So I'm excited. There's a few other I'm reaching out to. So I'm hoping that we'll, you know, we'll we'll get a we'll get a and revolving like door of guests here and there that come in. Yeah, and you know, and in in the meantime, we'll hit some filler ones. We'll bring on the wet, and we will bring Absolutely. in bars. We'll bring in. We'll bring in some other people from. Uh, from you know our high school years, we went yeah. to school with uh, kids from the '80s in our area that you know have the <laughs> you know, the same memories of yes. uh, our era and stuff. So that's what makes this show great. But that's Just awesome. Remembering that well, stuff. Well, where are we kicking it off to now? So we covered right. that. That covered uh, our main topic for, yes. for the week. Yes. Um, and and then uh, where where are we heading now? Let's move into toys. Uh, I'll take it up and uh, we'll pick up the mantle of toys now. We've, we've talked about 80s toys, 85 toys before, so this isn't going to be a lot of new stuff. Uh, but this is right and, and around. Just, just to clarify, he like he said, the toys didn't come out right off the bat when the, when this came out. They came out down the road a little. Right? right. Yeah. It was it was a few months after the the show was starting to really pick up steam. So, but no Thundercat toys. Not as of yet. I think by the by Christmas time they started the. That makes out. sense. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, it was it was like the show is picking up steam. Kids are like, yeah, I want to play with these toys. So, so, you know, the, the, the typical toys that are still hot right now is transformers, GI Joe, you know, the big ones like um, blaster was one of the big transformers. If you remember that character from there, he's like the boom box. So he, he was the Autobot counterpart to Soundwave Cause he had the cassettes that would pop that, out. Cause this is the second year of transformers. This would have been, yes, because this would have been the second, because the 84 was its first year. Yeah, um, okay. So, yeah, they were, you know, they were introducing those characters. These would be the characters that appeared in season two of the show, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, to sort of fill out the new characters. Um, other characters, one of my favorite characters, 
from Transformers came out around this time too. He was one of the mini guys. His name was Power Glide. Um, he was a little red jet. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I loved that character. I had the toy. And any episode he was in, there was episodes that focused on his character. I always liked that one particular character. Hmm. Um, a so minibot. Yes, he was one of the minibots. Yep. So he was out about this time. And there was a few of those minibots like Sea Spray, Cosmo. Yeah, I had them. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I had That's a few awesome. of those as well. Yeah, those were the, some of the ones coming out. Um, also coming out around this time, Muppet Babies uh, were still selling pretty well. They had been out um, from the movie the year before. I was going to say, what were they selling? Were they selling like plush toys yes. or were they actually plastic? They were plush. Uh, plush they were like at this point, yeah, like 30 plushy. Yes. So the year before Muppets Take Manhattan came out, had a little sequence in there which featured the Muppet Babies. This year, the animated series was starting. So toys were used starting to love to it. Up. used to love that character. Yeah. Yeah. And who, you know, who's created that show? Who developed it, I should say, not created it, but developed not it. Not Larry Kenny. No, no. <laughs> Marvel did. So that's uh, interesting. All oh, right, because they, they did have a comic, didn't they? Yes, they had a comic with it. But they at this time, Marvel was really, you know, they had, they were hip deep in cartoons because they developed G.I. Joe, they developed Transformers, um, you know, Muppet Babies. Like They were really, really hitting the, the, the market with a lot of different uh, mm -hmm. toy products. And that was because these these studios were coming to Marvel and saying, can you help us do this? So we'll talk more about it when we talk about Transformers a bit. I'm going to bring in a, hopefully bring in an expert on that stuff when we get to that uh, in the future. Because nice. I want to talk about the movie, you know, and we'll get more into details on some of that when we do that. So cool. Um, all right. Uh, Cabbage Patch Kid Kusas. So what's a Cabbage Patch Kid Kusa? That's good. These are, <laughs> so these are like, they have the same Cabbage Patch Kid face, right? The mm -hmm. hard plastic face, but they have like this plush body, almost like a beanbaggy type body, I guess. What? So it's not Kuzi. Right. Like, <laughs> you, you put a beer in the, the back of the Cabbage Patch. <laughs> this is for dad, this Cabbage Patch. Right, right. <laughs> right, yeah. It's a, ku, a Kusa. Kusa, like K O O S A S. Whatever, okay. right? Uh, crazy little thing but yeah it was like a they just had like a full soft i know they the, they did but they were like smaller i believe so they were um they just needed another way to sell cabbage yeah patch kids. like a little i guess they were friends of cabbage patch kids is how they were oh, they were perfect. they were sold so they were like uh you know they had little tails but they had like a cabbage patch kid face with like cat ears or something and a tail so it was like yeah. a weird, okay yeah. cabbage patch kid pets yes now, here's an interesting toy that was popular here. This is from VTech. VTech is a, one of the leaders in educational electronic toys. They still are to this day. This was a toy called Dial a Teacher. So what is, yeah, right? <laughs> so it's a talking toy. And it was supposed to prepare children for like early school years. So they dial like that thing you had where you put a tape in it, like an 8-track? That, remember that thing you used to have that would teach it? Yeah, um. Oh, shit. You know what that thing was? It was called 2XL was the name of that okay. thing. But yeah, 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 yeah. And it's funny because I see those pop up on Facebook garage sales or eBay and I'll be like, look at that thing. And I'll send it to my brother. I'm like, remember this stupid thing we did? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but this, I think this is similar in the way that, okay. yeah, it had like some sort of cartridge or something. I think you might have uh, uh, moved it with, but it had like a little touchpad and you dial up a, like you punch in a question, like a number that okay. would ask, ask a question and then it would tell you a little about it. 
Um, and you you hit answers, it asked questions and you hit answers or whatever. But yeah, dial a teacher. You know how much this thing sold for? Forty dollars in nineteen eighty four. That's a steep, huh? That's a hefty price for a toy back in those days. And that technology probably sucked. You know what I mean? I mean right. yeah, I'm yeah. sure that thing didn't work half the goddamn time. Because you know, all the, all, I guarantee all the kids are just like, uh, I like boobies. Uh, ask about boobies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, you know it's the, not. <laughs> the sad thing about what you just said, I still do that with my kids' toys today. That's all. <laughs> Like then it's funny because they have this they have this caterpillar and it has all the it has twenty six legs with with all the letters of the alphabet on it on both sides. You know? <laughs> okay, and all right. you can if you if it it, it it like will it'll phonetically say each of the letters. So of course I'm going to press F U C K. You know just and it'll go uh, and then it's and it giggles instead of saying the K sound. Really, <laughs> so it's programmed it's to programmed. stop you from doing that. From the dirty words. Right. That's I'm funny. Like, I'm like, they're forward thinking now. Somebody's finally caught on. Somebody's <laughs> finally caught Yeah. It, it makes me laugh because I'll try and fool it in some way. But no, they got everyone, man. Every yeah. word. You know, there's a, one guy at the, in that uh, those meetings. And he's just like, wait a minute, man. What if the kids just start saying fuck all the time? <laughs> right? And they're like, they're like. Johnny, yeah. you're going places. You are going places. You are yeah. the VP of the VP of Dirty Words. <laughs> Keep this man, man in office. <laughs> You'll prevent everything from going through. All right. So uh, I'm, uh, I, I cut you off. So this okay. thing, so the teacher thing here. Yes, yes. 40 bucks for that. that 40 bucks. Thing. Yeah. Now, there was a, this is another interesting thing. This thing was almost as expensive, but Fisher Price and Kodak teamed up and released the Fisher Price Kodak camera. So this is a real working camera that kids could use. $27.99 for this thing. Wow. So, I mean, that's expensive for a camera for a kid. Right. I mean, and, so, and, but, and this was the old school camera where you had right. to film on top of it. This and it had those flash cubes you stuck on the top. Oh, Remember those shit. things? And those cost money. Right. I mean, this guy says $112 to take a family fucking portrait back then. <laughs> you know. Right. Exactly. Um, okay, next up, the credit card bank. Uh, this was a like a little cash register, and it had little plastic credit cards you could put in there. It actually had a, like an LCD screen on it. That's why I picked this one out because I thought that was kind of yeah. cool. So it would calculate things. So you could put in the price of what this was, and then the card would go in, and it would you know charge quote unquote the uh, the thing. Sure. Eighteen ninety nine, manufactured by a company called Buddy L. So people that were or toy aficionados. Buddy L was a huge 80s manufacturer back in those days. Um, let's see. Oh, this is another cool toy. Uh, the Gretzky 99 hockey set. So Wayne Gretzky oh. hockey set you could buy back then. So he right, was... Because uh, mid-80s, they, they, the Oilers, who he played for Edmonton yes. Oilers, were they, they won uh, quite a few Stanley Cups. So the Islanders won the 83, and then they won, I think, I think they won two in a row, 84, 85. So this is the time when yeah. they're, you know, and this is the time when he's breaking the scoring uh, records. And I yeah. mean, he was unstoppable. The great one. What was he, was that his number 99? I didn't look it up. Yes. So. Yep. Okay. Yep. So yeah, this was a Gretzky 99 hockey set. So yeah, uh, 24.99. You got two hockey sticks. You got some pucks, a hockey ball. Um, you got a net. So it was a whole, whole deal. Yeah, it's not a bad too. deal. Yeah. yeah. Not too, not too shabby. 
Uh, this was another cool thing. Now, weird, the 80s, we were crazy. Uh, the Kinder Gym. The Kinder Gym is exactly right. what you think it is. It's a gym for little kids. It has like weights on it, like real weights, like that oh, they could do, okay. they could do bench presses with. Now it wasn't free yes. weights. They're connected, so they're pushing up and not you know, falling on this kid's chest with because he has nobody to spot them, right? Oh, so but it's it, like a uh, one of those uh, universal things. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, like that you get at your house, like Joe Weeder, yeah. type, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yes. it's for kids. Yes, for kids. It had the leg part. It had the the arm part. Yeah. I mean, what like did a, this a, son of a, a bitch set you back? Fifty nine ninety nine for your kid okay. to do some. Well, that's not bad actually. Some stuff. That was, yeah. Yeah. That was gonna be a little more than that, but but it was it was designed so that they wouldn't harm their muscles. It wouldn't be too much weight for them to lift. You kids like straight right. themselves. In. Some kid coming to school, he's like ripped up. You know, he's like, right. <laughs> I'd pump you up. <laughs> um, okay. Um, uh, another big thing. I think we talked about these before, but I'll bring them back up. The Wuzzles. Wuzzles were a yeah. I remember you Dis- talking yeah. Disney products, seventeen ninety nine each. These were plush characters, also books that came with them. They were. Uh, amalgamations of two different animals into one. So you had Bumble Lion, which is a bumblebee and a lion. That was the, the big thing. So um, the other thing, the last thing I'll, I'll bring up, because um, I'm sure some of these will come up again. Uh, the Get in Shape Girl Workout Plus. This is a workout this goes plus. along with the gym deal? Yes, that's why I picked this one. Was like, okay. So all this came with was a couple of two lightweight dumbbells, a terry cloth headband, and two yeah. leg warmers. I'm sick. It was. I was going for that in my head. The yeah. whole uh, uh, was it the uh, Jane did Fonda. The, Jane Fonda's workout. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah. the headband and, and the leg warmers. Uh, and the leg warmers. Or the leg you had warmers. to have the. You had to have the the uh, the wife beater cut off shirt and all. Right. You know, the yeah. unitard under it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This this was like the starter kit for that. You know, fourteen ninety nine. You could get this. Uh, sure. Get the girl in shape things. <laughs> so yeah, they're just gonna put the stuff on, look like they're working out. Right, right, yeah. So that that's the uh, the movie or the the toys for the uh, oh. <laughs> the the this week of the eighties. So. Interesting, interesting ones in there. You know, uh, I like the yeah. obscure ones. You know, yeah, I know. When like, I see yeah. those, I'm like, I gotta pull those out because those are things I don't remember. Right. But man, these this was the eighties, man, and they're right. crazy. You crazy like, stuff. It's like, Rocco's workout set with a gym, <laughs> you know, home gym for you know, yeah. all these little uh, New Jersey kids working out. So. Hey, yo, teacher, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming into class the next day, all ripped up, you know. Yeah, oh, exactly, man. good stuff. All right, how about we roll into video games? Anything uh, happening in the world? Yeah, video, video games, games uh, you know, not a ton to say, but the one thing that did happen, uh, September 13th, 1985. Super Mario Brothers is released Oof. on Nintendo. Oh, so that's that huge was, right there. Uh, yeah, I mean that 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 kind of blew everything out of the water. I didn't yeah. get Nintendo. I might have got Nintendo in '86 or '87. I got one. I felt like a little a little late. Yeah, I'm gonna say I it did was, too. Uh, I'm gonna say it must have been like yeah '87. But I remember my mom got me that. It didn't. I didn't, didn't it come with it. I think. At that point in time, I think it might have uh, Duck Hunt and I think Super yes. Mario Brothers. Came yes, with it. those yeah. were the two that came with. And it. Yep. Uh, you know, so I this obviously was when it first came out. Um, so 1985 right. September. Wow. Because uh, I think on a previous episode we talked about it, uh, maybe getting released in Japan. 
uh, right. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're but right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, one of the biggest games. I mean, still today they're coming out with different versions of these things. I mean, they everybody got to save, got to save the princess. I remember in, when I went in the army in 1993, 1993, a year <laughs> after high school. Yeah. Uh, in boot camp, I had it was a like this Puerto Rican guy who was my drill sergeant. What he was, and that's what he and his kid. His kid would come to the barracks and stuff because he'd kind of, you know, he'd come in, he'd be, we'd be all there, but they'd go home to their families and stuff. And they, mm-hmm. and he came in with his kid and, and he was just like this badass Puerto Rican guy. And his kid came in, he was a little fat, dopey bastard. And he just played like a Game Boy. And I'm like, yeah, you, I'm thinking you, you really wish your kid wasn't like that. Right. Like, you, you, you don't want your kid, but he would come in because his kid playing that and he would always, he would always talk of like uh, talk shit to us when he, you know we're working out or training. He'd be like, uh, uh, "Private Oliver, would you want to save the fucking princess? Is that what you want to do? You want to sit on the fucking couch and save the fucking princess? Huh? Huh? You know? Oh, the irony of life, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. The fucking Mario Brothers coming right. back to haunt me. Yeah, yeah. That's what I remember, but yeah, I mean, I. And I, I didn't, I didn't take well to video games. I mean, I would get, I used to frustrate the shit out of me. Oh, I'd me too. Shit out of my, I take that. Remember the controller had the cord. Yep. To it, and I would take that son of a bitch. Whenever I would lose, I'd get like right to the end and lose. I would take that, turn that thing into a goddamn west, spin it, and just smack it off the top of the goddamn cons. My Nintendo <laughs> had holes and shit in it. It still works, but I yeah, so good stuff. I could, I, I could never system. finish. Yeah. I could not finish those uh, yeah. those things. I, I couldn't know, either. Or, I and I, I I'd watch posts. like I'd watch. I, I couldn't even. I'd watch the neighbor. I just see Dowd's little brother Jamie. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, that, that little fucker could. Uh, he could finish the games. You yeah, know my I mean? brother he could get, too. He would know the codes and stuff, and he yeah. I, he would. I would watch him play, and he would. He'd go woo, woo, over here, and all of a sudden he's in this whole other magical world, picking up a million <laughs> coins. I'm like. Where the hell is you yeah know, right? I was uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't I wasn't good at those games like Mario's like to find all the hidden yeah. secret stuff. I was right bored. Oh yeah, me too, know? me too. And so, that my brother was the same way. My little brother, freaking that kid could like he'd wreck every game. He'd go in, he knew how to yeah. do everything. But I, I like I'd watch him and be like, I don't get it. I, I'm just like I I, I should right. be smarter than you with this. I'm an idiot. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? I, no, I'm I'm with you, but yeah. yeah so September thirteenth, that that's a big, is the that's beginning a huge of thing, Super Mario Brothers and American still, Society. Still going strong, man. That Mario Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but that was about it for uh, yeah. you know we we had we had uh, Larry going for a while, so I mean I'm, I'm sure I, I just figured we'd have a short end of the show, so yeah. So that was the only thing really of note on video games. Word. Um, how about uh, any? We'll we'll go through news and sports. How's that? Uh, anything there? Yeah, uh, same thing. Not a whole lot. Um, Steve Jobs. Ooh, uh, Jobs, yeah. Uh, and, uh, also on the 13th, yep. Steve Jobs resigns from Apple Computer yeah. in order to found Next. Yep. Any, yep. Did not was, go uh, anywhere. <laughs> and then I think he was back there shortly after. That. Well, it was probably about 12 years later he, he went back was to it? Apple. Is that but... One, a lot of people don't realize in uh, 1986, um, right after uh, 
the dismal box office success of Howard the Duck, which I love as a movie, um, <clears throat> George Lucas said to Steve Jobs, hey, I've got this computer division. I don't know what to do with it. You want to buy it? He bought it. And Pixar is born. So thank you, Steve yeah. Jobs, for Pixar. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah, already was Pixar. But well, George Lucas is like, I'm not going to do anything with it. Why don't you do something with it? I think he was one of those people that couldn't sit still, I don't think. No, like, so he couldn't. So once, once Apple, by the mid-80s, Apple was kicking. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. huge then, not like today. I mean, it today no, it's even bigger. But oh, back God, yeah. then, I think at that point, he's like, well, I already created all this. And now I want a new challenge. And it just, yeah. you know. It, it was like, he was kind of forced out. Um to a degree yeah. as well. The, the shareholders at that point were, were pretty much done with him and his behaviors. Mm -hmm. So they kind of pushed him out too. Right. But when they brought him back, uh, Apple was pretty much bankrupt by the time he went back in 97 and he took that thing to glory. I mean, it's, it's what it is right. today because well, of him. Right. Because I mean, the computers were, eh, yeah. you know, and then the phones were starting to kick. That's, you know what yeah. I mean? They, and they really didn't get going on the phones too good for a little while back. It took a little while, but yeah, I mean, but but he he had the vision to say, okay, you knew it, yeah. you know, home that, computers are not the thing anymore. He was he <laughs> yeah. was a forward thinking man. That guy, he was right. it was unbelievable how how much he he knew beforehand. So yeah, absolutely. There you go. So yeah, <laughs> so he started off with that. So that's a, really the only news item. Um, yeah, I'll that's go, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right into sports and knock that out too. Yep. On September 11th, Pete Rose, you know Pete Rose. Oh yeah, Pete yeah, Rose. Yeah, Charlie Hustle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, he he becomes the all-time hitting leader in the Major League mm. Baseball with his 4,192nd hit at the Riverfront wow. Stadium in Cincinnati. Um, and obviously, a few years later is when he ran into all this yeah. trouble. You know, it was interesting when I was looking it up, and it's something I forgot. Yeah. And I think he was probably the. I don't. I. I'm not a baseball historian, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking he probably was the last one. You know, he what he played and was the manager. Yeah, and I yeah, think he was the he was probably the last person to do probably. that. Probably because they did they didn't they didn't. It was a little more prevalent years ago that right. you know maybe you would be the manager and play on the team, but right. nowadays it's unheard of. You know, yeah, I mean? right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but back then he was he was that's where he got in his trouble betting you know right. betting on baseball. Of course, uh, yeah, but. But uh, but the man was a great player. Now let me ask you: Do you think they should just say they forget about the the gambling thing and let him into the Baseball Hall of Fame? I, yeah, I do. I, mean, I agree. I, I do too. I mean, I mean, what the hell is? I mean, uh, it's not like he was doing all these steroids. I mean, not right. that they're letting a lot of those guys in. They're keeping them guys out too. But it's like, look, you know, I I think he where he fell into problems is he. I think he some if I remember correctly, he signed something with the league saying that, you know, to 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 get out from underneath all the problems, I think he signed something saying he wouldn't uh he would relinquish his right to go into the hall of fame. Something along those lines. I'm not don't quote me on that, but it was something yeah. like that. So that kind of they always kind of and I think it was Bud Seelig, the 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 commissioner back then, he was he held him to it. Nowadays, with the commissioners, I mean, I don't know why you. They'll wait till he dies, and then they'll right. put him in, which is right. Just, Posthumously, I mean, just put him in. Jesus, Christ. I agree. I agree, man. You know yeah. what I mean? He said he didn't bet on his own team. I mean, if you're betting, you know, that's the only way I think it's really to me. 
is if you bet on your own team to lose and you did something to make that happen. Right. Uh, that's yeah. That's a problem. Exactly. Then I would say, if, yeah, he shouldn't be allowed, but yeah, he's, he's the manager and he plays in, but this was, he wasn't even playing that. He was the manager. Right. Uh, you know, if he was then with the reds and he wanted to, you know, and he was just betting on the Yankees versus Boston, mm. you know, but they looked down on the betting back then a little bit. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. I but I'm with you. I'm with you. Let bygones be bygones. I mean, Jesus Christ. Enough like, time has passed. You know, saying it's not like the goddamn uh, the eight men out black socks or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put it purposely. But yeah, no, that was uh, that was the only really thing. I mean, if NFL was going on right now, uh, was the first, I think it was the first uh, week of the first or second week of the NFL season. But I wasn't going to run through all that. Uh, but yeah, that stuck out. Old, old, old Charlie Hustle became the yeah, Charlie champ. Hustle. So that that wraps up uh, sports. Do you want to do you want to do wrestling quick, and then I'll hit movies after. Yeah, movies wrestling. I didn't really get anything for wrestling. I looked. Okay. It was all just. Um, it was all pretty much just house shows, you know, same guys winning, same guys losing. Cool uh, enough. You know, if we had a, you know, if we didn't have a guest, I would have delved a little more deeper sure. into it. But uh, yeah, uh, this is obviously the Hulkamania time too. So we're, we're in the, yeah. the thick, the thick of that. Of course. All right. You, yeah, want to, you want to roll into movies then? And, or do you yeah, want to... let's knock out movies. All right. Yeah. I'll hit, I'll hit movies and TV, then we'll hit music and then we'll spin a racket. All right. Like so okay. let's do uh, let's do movies first and we'll go down yeah, the list. So yeah, last yeah. time we were talking about Back to the Future, right? We talked about how that took a while for it to pick up steam, right? So that came out July, what was it? July 5th of 85. So we're now in September 9th, that week of 85. Right, we so, just were in 85 last week. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so we so I mean it's been a couple months. Number one movie this week, Back to the Future, still at number one. So this is showing that that movie you know, it did finally blow up, even though it was only oh, yeah. $3 million that first week, you know, here it is. And right. it's, it's now made o- almost 150 million right. at this point. You yeah, know, what was the van? What was the naked vampire movie that came out? With a, a, a life movie? force. <laughs> I was thinking about that last night. Like, yeah. How was the name of that movie? Life kind of force. Beat out back to the future. Yeah. yeah life <laughs> force did right. Wacky. Uh. Now this is the coolest thing about this week. Number two movie this week. Teen Wolf. So Back yeah. to the Future and Teen Wolf, number one wow. and number two. Michael you J. You want to Fox. talk about killing it. Yeah, right there. Killing it. This oh is my God. this is Michael J. Fox has arrived, basically. This right. is like you have arrived. You are you, you another, are Hollywood royalty. And that's another movie that how can you beat Teen Wolf? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's a great, great comedy. Now here's we'll we'll probably talk about this more when we actually talk about the release of Teen Wolf. Um, but remember when we wrote a sequel? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll save that story for the future. But. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> so this, this, has been, this has been out for a few weeks. It's made $23 million, uh, as of this point. Let me see exactly how many weeks at this point. Um, it has been out for four weeks. 20, wow. 23 million. So that's pretty good for back in 85. Um, <clears throat> oh, number yeah. three. Number three is another, another classic. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Number three. Oh, Fantastic movie. Oh, great movie. Great, great movie. Still great. This has been out now for six weeks. Um, it's at um, 31. 85. Yeah, 85. Hitting a, hitting a great one. This was a movie that really introduced the world to Pee Wee Herman. 
So this sure. is what led us. The show into was it. on. The show the sh- was on. The show didn't start until I think it started either. I think it started in '86. So the movie came out first. Yes. And the, then, the, this was first. Then you know he got funny? the show after that. You ever watch the old stuff like Pee Wee's Playhouse was like some grown up perversion kind oh, of thing. Yeah, it really, yeah. You watch it now, you're like, wow. Watch it <laughs> I can't believe this is on TV. <laughs> the sailor was uh, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, he, and, he, uh, who co-wrote Pee-wee's Big Adventure with Paul Rubens. Because, because they were from, like, weren't they in, like, the, the Groundlings? Was it the Groundlings? Yeah, yes. all together and stuff. Yep. So it was, and it was more for, like, uh, yeah, it was, like, live stage yeah. skits. And, yeah, it yeah, really was. You know, and, and it was a little bit more... Like uh, Pee Wee turned out in the theater type yes. of thing, as it yeah. as it got like you know we just know him <laughs> yeah. Saturday morning, uh, you know all the yeah crazy yeah awesome number three or wait number four movie this week I I know the movie but I don't remember it's called Compromising Positions is the name of the yeah. movie I remember the um, name yeah I, anything about it I think it was like a it was an R rated uh, thing about uh, you know, sex in some way. I don't yeah. remember much about okay. it. Okay. No vampires in this one. No, no naked vampires. No. But naked we're getting ones. into naked aliens in our next one. That okay. is number the number okay. five movie this week, Cocoon. If you remember Cocoon. Cocoon. I think we yes, talked about indeed. that before. Yeah. It's been out. So it's 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 earned at this point seventy over seventy two million dollars. So it's a pretty good box office hit. Yeah. Uh, number six, Year of the Dragon. Um, not familiar with this one. Um. It's uh, been out for a couple of weeks, sixteen million at this point. I, I know, I yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah, it's one of those I ones. I know the title, but I can't. I it's a is it based around a Bruce Lee thing? I think, I think that's so. A, yeah, I think so. Something, something along those lines. Yeah, we were still right. kicking karate in the eighties and stuff. Yeah, yeah. we're sure. Uh, number seven, comedy classic starring Tom Hanks and John Candy, Volunteers. I don't know if you remember this movie. I, you know, I don't remember it as no, but I, I remember the title and everything. Yep. But. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. It's not the the greatest that as I remember it to being, but it still was some funny moments. I mean, you know, how can you I mean, go John Candy? Yeah, John yeah, Candy I mean, was always great. You know, no matter what. Number eight this week was Silverado. If you remember that uh, western, mm-hmm. this was, this was yeah. back when westerns were kind of, you know, passe. They weren't making them as they were. Yeah. Them. I think we were just talking about Pale Rider in the last. Yes, episode, Pale Rider was right? last. I mean, yeah, yep. you know, and that, so I mean, that was this was yeah. I mean, Clint Eastwood was probably the last cowboy. Yeah, I mean, unless you want to go like Wyatt Earp or Tombstone in the early nineties. Yeah, but I mean, as far as like yeah. cowboy movies, there wasn't a lot. I mean, Clint Eastwood was the last guy that really. He really, yeah, he, he was. He made Unforgiven in '93. He was still making those. Yeah. Movies, so yeah. Because before that, it was. I mean, John Wayne. You know what I mean? But right. You yep. know, it was hard to make a, a good cowboy movie. It really was. Yeah, westerns were were hit or miss. I mean, they were either really good or and they did well, or they just completely tanked. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about some that come up in the, the future, the Young Guns movies and things like that that always oh, yeah. hit, hit oh, at yeah. home here and there. But yeah, there was a few. Uh, number nine, American Warrior. Not familiar with this one as well. Um, no. So it's only, you know, it's a smaller hit movie, only been out a couple weeks. Yeah, um, okay. Number 10, Rambo First Blood Part Two, still in the top 10. Yeah, the when did that come out? 
So this had been out since about April, I believe. So it was okay. It had been out at this point 18 weeks. Because I'm thinking it's about 150 right. million at this point. So it's a pretty all right. That's a box office about, champ. Getting myself, why is American Warrior ahead of Rambo? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. I just had a couple more real quick. Number 11, the Ghostbusters reissue. So they re-released it um, for and a couple. At, yeah. So was, this was back when they did that regularly. Um, so re-released, made seven and a half million for a re-release, which is a bad. Yeah. Um, and number 12 was a brand new movie, Agnes of God. Don't remember much of that one. Another drama. My parents watched no, it. I, I, know that. All right. I remember the name of the movie, but yeah, I couldn't tell you. All, all the called. rest of the, the the top 15 are all brand new movies. Agnes of God, After Hours, which was a Martin, uh, Martin Scorsese film. Not a big hit. Plenty mm. and Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's that's the rest of the week there. <laughs> Could have been a life in one. I still wouldn't have seen it. Right. Yeah, right. I'm not watching that either. Okay. All right, so, so let's say TV in 1985, right? What, this what, is uh, is this the new? The, we're in September, so is this when all the new shows are coming out? Yes, actually, yeah. There's some pretty big shows at this point um, coming out. So um, this would be during this week. So this was also hitting on the Saturday morning uh, releases too. So it was mostly animated stuff. Um, we'll hit on here. Um, all right. So uh, this week we had. Um, Alongside with Thundercats premiere, we had Dennis the Menace, uh, which was a syndicated uh, huh. daily show um, that, that had actually Phil Hartman doing the voice of Mr. Um, Wilson, the neighbor. Oh, it was cartoon. Yes, animated show. Uh, cartoon. And these are, most of these are. Um, I'm just thinking, they, I remember they came out with the Dennis the Menace movie and all that. So yeah, right. Um, September, uh, September 9th also saw the premiere of She-Ra. Princess of Power. So this is uh, right after the release of the animated movie that came out earlier that year, The Secret right. of the Sword. And this is spinning off of uh, He-Man. He Correct. Yes. Right. So this right. is her series. Now, September 14th, we got to see a couple new shows. Um, uh, for the uh, evening, this was uh, uh, on NBC. It was a show called 227. Remember the show? Oh, yeah. yeah. Marla Gibbs. This was Marla Gibbs, who was the she played Florence, the uh, housekeeper on the Jeffersons, was now the star of her own show, 227, which was this apartment building that they lived in. Yeah. It was a classic. That introduced us to Jack Hay. Jack Hay. Jack Hay was Jack a big Hay. deal back then. She was like uh, the sexy uh, I was, uh, in the apartment. just watching the other day, my uh, fiance there and her sister were here. They were watching some new skit show. Um, about. Uh, it's called like... Uh, Black woman skit show or something. Though. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, they were spoofing two two seven on there, <laughs> and uh, I think they had some of the original people on it. Oh, that's like, awesome! In uh, dream sequence things, and it was funny. We're like, oh yeah, she did just like Jack A. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> a flashback there. All right. Next up are just a set, a series of uh, another. Um, I should say another uh, um, big premiere. That premiered probably right alongside 227 was The Golden Girls. Ah. September 14th, that was released. Uh, 85. 1985, really? that yeah. Was, that was this, the first season? The first season, first episode wow. debuted that night. So this was uh, for, yeah. you know, uh, 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 whatever, yeah. elder women that were moving in together. 
um, B. Arthur, right. Brew McClanahan, Betty White. Um, My mom used to watch. I could watch Golden Girls today, and the shit's fun. Oh yes, yeah. we I watched it not long ago, and it's still great. So, uh-huh. and this lasted for seven seasons. This went on for the show, um, mm-hmm. and it was, and it didn't end because it was, you know, it was it was bad ratings. This show was a hit straight through. It was one of mm-hmm. the biggest shows through the '80s and into the '90s. The only reason they ended is B. Arthur was like, "I want to end it on top. I'm good. We did. A, we had a great run. Let's stop." Um, the show actually got a spinoff after it called The Golden Palace, which saw uh, oh, Blanche, yeah. Blanche, um, the Betty White's character Rose, and um, Estelle Getty's character Sophia running a hotel. And they, and they, and they threw a kid in there, right? Yeah, they always yeah, threw a yeah. kid in there. They always did. Yeah, it, it didn't do well, <laughs> obviously. Um, but that was the big, big debut there. Next up, I'll, I'll hit the uh, Saturday morning shows that debuted that year. Um, September 14th, these are all on. Uh, Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears, if you remember this. One of my favorites uh, at the time. Still to this day, I love this this show. I rewatched it on Disney+. Plus. It's, it's, it's still the a great Gummy movie. Bears. The Gummy Bears, yeah. Uh, so it was a bunch of bears that were, this took place during medieval times, and these bears would, uh, they were sort of these secret hidden bears. They didn't want to be found, so they were... Uh, they would hide and uh, they uh, they were discovered by a boy who had a gummy medallion. And then they uh, they found all the secrets of the gummies in their book. They made gummy berry juice that allowed them to bounce around. And it was a fun show. Huh. Um, next up, this is another big one. Hulk Hogan Rock and Wrestling was oh. September 14th, 1985. Oh, yeah. A classic. Because yeah. this had animated and live action segments in there. I thought that was always pretty cool. When they did that in those shows back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember rock and wrestling. Yeah, when Rowdy Piper was the <laughs> leader of the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, it's Punky Brewster. Now, don't confuse this with the actual TV series. This was the animated show that debuted on Saturday morning, so it was a mm-hmm. spinoff of the regular show. Same actors were doing the voice work of their character counterparts in the show. Uh, Punky finds a character named Glomer. He's a little magical creature uh, who gets left behind Uh, from his magical land and they get into all sorts of wacky adventures. Classic stuff right there, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Next up, last but not least, um, which I mentioned in uh, the toys, is the Wuzzles. The Wuzzles debuted on Saturday mornings today. Uh Only lasted one season, whereas this was a Disney show as well, Disney's Wuzzles. So Disney's Disney produced this and the gummy bears this was their first foray into a, 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 a television program and was this when it was was the disney channel on already or? disney channel was on but they didn't have this stuff on there they were just doing the oh, no. um, yeah they didn't they they were producing i think they were just showing their old movies and old tv shows mostly like uh um, when did ducktales come out 1987 which one of one of my favorites. Co- I love coming up so was yeah. that kind of stuff on the disney channel I, I think they were being a. It was in syndication on regular. Yeah, I remember so. seeing it on like regular TV. They didn't start showing those until they they finished their running. They would show the reruns on Disney Channel after. Um, <sighs> it wasn't until about Darkwing Duck or or Goof Troop, I should say. I think even before. Yeah, because we don't need. They would have a season on. Disney I don't Channel. even remember us having a Disney Channel. Yeah, for we a did. long time. We yeah. didn't. We didn't. It was a it was a long time before we actually started. Yeah, I was gonna say. Before New View Cable got us yeah, the Disney yeah. Channel. <laughs> so yeah, those were those were the big premieres. But the interesting it's thing, nice. just a quick aside, um, the between the Wuzzles and, and 
Gummy Bears. That was Disney's first four into TV. Wuzzles lasted one season. Gummy Bears lasted six. So that, that that's Gummy Bears lasted six seasons. Six seasons. How'd the song go? Gummy Bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's beyond compare. They so I remember gummy that. Bears. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like the theme song we were trying to come up with for this show. Or, or <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so, that's almost like the Care Bears song, right? It's similar, I think. Uh, Care Bears was like, uh, no, I think Care Bears was like, what? We care a lot. No, that's Faith No More. <laughs> what am I <laughs> Oh, Care Bears was, take? Yeah, Carol, yeah, something like that. It was like weird. I'd have to. Okay, so the Gummy song. Bears one was the Gummy. Yeah, I remember the show now more that you're saying it. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to have to Google great. that and take a look. It was a great show. Still is. I still love watching it. Hmm. All right. Pretty oh, good. Yeah, that's, that's movies and TV for the week. Okay. And so where let's, did uh, old... let's roll into music. What's what's happening okay. in the uh, the billboards? Top music this week. Yeah, good music. A lot of it is it's top heavy when it comes, you know, the top ten and stuff. But uh, number one hundred, because we always say what one hundred is, just to yep. kick it off. Gotta stir do it, it up, stir it up. Patty Labelle. Mm, not um, familiar with that one. Oh, and there was a lot of there's a lot of big holes in this one. Yeah, where nothing stood out. But then the ones that do stand out, you're like, oh, okay, all right, right. You know, so I might just pick because. You know, uh, they relate to a movie or something. Yeah. Uh, Get it on, bang it gone. The power station was, number eighty-eight. You love know, that so. song. Love that song. Yeah, and like I said, I'm jumping down into the seventies. Number seventy-nine, "Stand by Me," Maurice White. Interesting. So yeah, he did a cover of this. So mm -hmm. yeah, all right. This this was cool because I do remember this version. It was a much more. Like it was slow, but you know, like it should have been. Yeah. There. So it had a little yeah, more not, of a beat behind it. Not from like the movie, but right, which didn't come out till a year later, anyway. So is that what? It was? Okay. Yeah. So uh, now this one I thought was interesting, and I remember the character. You look marvelous, Billy Crystal. Oh God, number, it's Fernando. Yeah. Number seventy-seven. Yeah. So this is kind of funny because this is right before he debuted on Saturday Night Live. Because in October of this year, oh, see, I thought he was he already on, the cast. Man. No, this was before. So that character he brought ah. to Saturday Night Live. See, I thought it was the other way around. Like you know, after you you become popular, then all of a sudden yeah. you put a song out. Okay. Oh wait, no, no, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, this was the year. My bad. You're correct. This was okay. Eighty four to eighty five was the year of Billy Crystal. Eighty five was the year Lauren Michaels came back, and he had the really weird cast ah. coming up. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. So okay, yes, yes. all right. I was gonna say that'd be a little uh, backwards. That it way. would be weird, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, number seventy-five, "Glory Days," Bruce Springsteen. Good, good tune. "Glory Days." That's like and, one of those like reminiscent songs. Yeah, like, yeah, sort of right. Make, takes you back. Yes. And uh, I hear I still hear it on the radio today, and then it takes me back to the eighties. Yes. Even even though in this song he's talking about going back to the sixties. Like the sixties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, works, works double twofold. <laughs> it does. It does. We'll drop a couple of the seventy-three weird science. Oingo oh, Oingo. Oingo boy, great song, great movie. That was a. That's a. Oh, I love that song too. That yeah, that movie hasn't come well, up with this yet, but that's a, I, that's a classic. We will yeah. talk about that. But the lead singer of Oingo Boingo, do you know who that is? He's extremely 
a very very prominent musician today his name is danny elfman he has oh yeah yeah he scored peewee's big adventure batman for tim burton yeah. he did mostly oh, every tim a, burton movie the late 80s yeah late 80s and to the 90s he was he if he wasn't doing your movie uh soundtrack yeah. it wasn't gonna be good he he did uh recently what he did avengers age of ultron he did uh justice league the new movie that really know, yeah, he's still out there. Boingo, boingo. He was the lead singer of Boingo, boingo. All right. <laughs> Drop down to number 61. You spin me around like a record. Dead or oh, alive. Oh, yeah. Dead or alive. You spin mm -hmm. me right around, baby, right around. Yeah, classic tune. 80s. Great tune. Yeah. If you're going to come out, if you're going to have a movie with an 80s flashback, you're going to see that yeah. song in there. I mean, The Wedding Singer. What's he singing at the really the beginning of that film? I think it was that song. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, we're dropping further back down to 53, the theme from St. Elmo's Fire instrumental. Oh, yeah. Yeah, David I remember Foster. that. Love theme from that. Yeah, yeah. My, my sister played that endlessly. She loved St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I mean, it I was like the Brad it. Pack, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're uh, all dreamy. They were. <laughs> they were. This was when they started getting a little more serious. When they oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, We're legitimate. Take us seriously. That's right. <laughs> uh, 51, We Built This City by Starship. Starship, yeah. That's another classic 80s song. Like, if you got oh, an 80s yeah. movie, that's almost like a song you want to hear in it somewhere, you know? It so lets you know where you are. So schmaltzy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, number 48, Miami Vice theme, Jan Hammer. Jan Hammer, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another classic. Great, yeah, exactly. great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, and so we're, yeah, now we're dropping down to number 30. What about love, heart? What about love? Don't you want someone to care about you? Great power ballad right there. I love it when Lindsay Lindsay's just comes in, hard, <laughs> yeah. you know, bust out that track. That's a great love. Oh, that's a great song too. It's a, that's it one is. of those songs that when you sing it, you have to sing it like at the top of your lungs because it's like she's yeah. singing it that loud. You like, oh yeah, you got to sing along with it. Like that, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, number twenty-five, dancing in the street. David Bowie and Mick. Oh God, they, oh that's a great one. Yeah, they they covered this song. There is. Go on YouTube. You got to look this up. There is on YouTube. Somebody took the actual music video, the two of them. I don't know if you know, remember the video. It's just no, the two of them like no. running around like a, a, a abandoned warehouse and, and just jumping around and, and this and that flailing about. Right. Somebody took the music out of it and just put in like this. Uh, uh, and then the sounds of them moving. It's so <laughs> damn funny. I can't like I just watch it and laugh my, my ass off. It's, it's, <laughs> hilarious but just just worth uh, it because the video is probably one of those horrible videos but love oh, yeah. david love david bowie love mick jagger oh yeah you know, but but yeah not one of the shit together videos. frolicking in a warehouse not so good very bizarre 80s just kiss and get over there right, <laughs> oh shit all right number 22 shout tears for fears great stuff shout shout let it all out it's a great that could be a great album too Song it is. Now, it's getting tight towards the top here. That's what I was saying. Yeah. 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 Uh, Lonely Old Night, number 19, with John Mellencamp. Oh, yeah. Lonely Old Night. John Mellencamp, man. He was, mm -hmm. 
He was everywhere. He was like oh. huge back in those days. This was after yeah. the Cougar, though. He dropped the Cougar. He became right, right. You got to right. drop that Cougar. I'm legit now. No I'm cougar. legit. Right, right. No, <laughs> no Cougar. Just me. Mellencamp, baby. Yeah. Uh, number 17, Take On Me. Uh-huh. Uh, man, that video. Funny. That video. It's like one of those iconic 80s videos. That was the one where she was like oh, yeah. drawing in the drawing. and all With the cartoon. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, Directed by Steve Barron, who went on to direct uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the movie. <laughs> well, Interestingly enough, a little trivia for you there. <laughs> mm-hmm. A great movie from the 90s. Kyle's tying it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, number sixteen, smoking in the boys' room, Motley Crue. Oh man, they covered uh, what was that band that did that? I can't remember, but yeah, I remember this cover. It was awesome. Um, it was a Boys Town Station or something like that? Or was the name of the original band? Uh, yeah, smoking I know what you're talking in about. The boys' room. Yeah, I remember this cover. It was pretty awesome. Motley Crue was great. Band. Uh, oh yeah, that's when they were hitting. That's when yeah, they were hitting. Right they were there. awesome. Number fifteen, Oh Sheila, ready for the world. Oh. Oh Sheila, my favorite <laughs> line in that movie, in that song is "What's good for the goose is always good for the gander." Oh Sheila, <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> oh, it's like in the middle of the song. Think. It's in the middle of the song. You're like, "What is that?" Right. We gotta put something in here. It doesn't feel right if we don't have something in here. I'm just gonna say something real quick. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, right below that, number 14, Dress You Up, Madonna. Gonna dress you up in my love. Yeah, good classic Madonna right. right there. Good stuff. And we'll jump to 11, uh, Summer of 69, Brian oh Adams. Oh, my God. I think that's one of those songs that I've heard more times in my life than any other song is Summer yeah. of 69. Oh, it's... But I mean, yeah, it's you know, it's, 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 a, it's a nostalgic song when you hear it. It's just... Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but you, yeah, you can put it on any classic rock station. You're gonna hear oh, it. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Even the light rock stations, they play it. <laughs> like the oh light, yeah, they'll play it there too. <laughs> uh, we're popping into the top ten now, so we're gonna hit them all. Number ten, Invincible theme from Legend of Billie Jean, Pat Benatar. Ah, yeah, yeah. Legend of Billie Jean, starring Helen Slater mm-hmm. and Christian Slater. No relation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good movie. All right. Yeah, that was all a good right. one. Uh, number nine, Pop Life, Prince and the Revolution. Hmm. I don't know yeah, that I'm one not, off the top of my head. I, wonder, I, know, like, I know Prince, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was up there. Uh, number eight, Freedom by Wham. Oh, that's a, yeah. Well, I like the version uh, George Michael did in 1990, but I know the song, yeah. Mm-hmm. Freedom, yeah. Freedom. Uh, number seven, Freeway of Love, Aretha Franklin. Yeah, we're going riding on a freeway. Of love in a big Cadillac. <laughs> Good stuff, right there. <laughs> the Queen uh, of Soul s- still hitting them. Oh yeah, up at number seven. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, number six. Don't lose my number, Phil Collins. Billy, don't you lose my number. Mm-hmm. There was uh, like a, num- oh, no, not that one. I'm thinking of another song, but I thought there was a story behind that one. But it's in the air tonight that I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> number five uh the power of love huey lewis in the news yeah right now that song is probably on fire because you know sure. back to the future <laughs> ride now wave ride now still, wave. still number one at the box office so why not right exactly uh number four cherish uh cool in the gang 
Oh man, wow, really? Then man, I thought that was like a long time before that. <laughs> right. I wow. Know. Weird, Because huh? it's weird. Cool and the gang still hitting in the 80s. Huh. Yeah. 80s, I should say. You know, in the early 80s, yes, but mid-80s, wow. Cool is still cool. It's still okay, cool. Not so much, but that's cherish the love. <laughs> no. Number three, money for nothing, dire straits. Oh my god. I that mean, this was the video. 80s right. video. That yeah. is because yeah. it's like computer generated animation oh yeah Whoa. i remember watching it going what's going on wow that's so real <laughs> yeah it was for us because we're watching the same thing we're watching yeah. thundercats and that right. kind of cartoon and then we see this and we're like what the hell is this it, i mean that video it. probably cost a million dollars to make oh god that. yeah i yeah. mean it took six months or whatever yeah. <laughs> you know right yeah oh, uh, awesome song too mark Knopfler hitting it out man that was a great tune uh, and then the last two coming off of movies here. Uh, number two, we don't need another hero. Thunderdome. Tina oh Turner. yeah, okay, sure, yeah, yeah. That would have been right yeah. around this time. We don't need another. Uh, hero. And I'm just surprised that was the final Mad Max movie out at by '85. Yeah, God, yeah, yeah right. '85. Yeah. I, I thought it was a little later from that. And that for some yeah. reason, I it was like late '80s. But. No, '85. Yeah, that was over. But then, yeah, know. but at that point, yeah, he wanted to be done with that. He was into the. Uh, Lethal Weapon came out two years Lethal later. Lethal Weapons, so yeah. That was a big, that that made him a mega yeah. star. Right, he wasn't going back after that. Nah, yeah, he was. He's like, I'm too. Good and then number one, Saint Elmo's Fire, Man in Motion. Man in John Motion, Parr. John Parr hitting it out again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a be your yeah. man in motion. <laughs> All I need yeah. is a pair yeah. of wheels. <laughs> great too. That's, that's a that's that's a funny thing because it wasn't like he was doing that. I don't think he did that for the movie, right? Then they just. Uh, I wonder. Uh, how but, was this? There was a little backstory on it. I remember it was something yeah. he was just because uh, he's a Canadian guy and he was just right. uh, that was like his only song. Right, yeah, like yeah. There was nothing else that he did that was like, oh yeah. It was but that was big hit for and him. And then right? and then I think you know the uh all the kids from the movie kind of uh did a little something uh, uh right. they like they, they 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 did some stuff for the video on top <laughs> of just taking scenes from the movie. So right. And I was like, hey, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure the amount of money he made from that song, he 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 had a nice comfortable you retirement can, from that. Yep. He can take all the eat all the uh you know, maple syrup he wants yeah. up there in Canada. Good good on you, John Parry. Good on you, buddy. Take uh, off, eh? But, yeah. But all that's right. it for the uh, the music of the week. Awesome. So let's hit up the spinner rack quick. I'll, I'll go through it quick. You know, we won't we won't dwell on them too long, but we'll hit some of the, okay. the highlights of this week. Uh, first up, Alpha Flight number twenty nine. This was a I picked this one because mainly because the Hulk Crossroads epilogue yeah. part two of two. So, cut bait and run part five of five was that, but it was an epilogue of of uh, a Hulk crossover, which was pretty cool. Right. Well, you're always selling comics that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, Amazing Spider Man number two seventy one. Whatever happened to Crusher Hogan? Script by Tom DeFalco. Um, this was where um, you had uh, the Web Slinger's epic encounter with Fire Lord is over, and now it's time to get back to old friends and old acquaintances, including one from way back in Amazing Fantasy 15, Crusher Hogan. So he comes back from then. Oh. Spidey's, Spidey's still in the black suit at this point. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, next. In our. Uh... Amazing, what was it? Amazing Fantasy 15 was the. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Uh, appearance of Spider Man. Yes. 
So this character was in that one and he uh, came back. Uh, next up, uh, Avengers number 262, uh, Many Brave Hearts, guest starring Submariner and Stingray. Script by one of my personal favorite uh, writers, Roger Stern. Um, art by John Buscema, uh, another great artist of that time. Um, the Federal Aviation Administration has grounded the Avengers Quinjets and the majestic aircraft cannot take off or land in Manhattan anymore. So, wow, big, big deal there. So they had to deal with the man is bringing them down. Yeah. What's up with that? We help you and you're not letting us land. What the heck? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to tie the Avengers up with uh, uh, the bureaucracy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think they just got a pass, you know, for being the Avengers. Uh, next up, Batman number 390. Um, this was um, Women Dark and Dangerous, starring Batman, Robin, Harvey Bullock, Nocturna, Night Slayer, and Catwoman. Script by Doug Mensch. Doug Mensch wrote some good stuff back in those days. So Nocturna tries to discover what's causing the red rain. Batman battles Catwoman. So that was the big uh, to-do in that issue. Um, this next up is Batman and the Outsiders. They had a spinoff was still going at that time. This is number 28. Uh, Emily Briggs uh, abduction sets in motion. The truth about looker part one abduction from below. This was a part one of four um, script by Mike W. Barr art by Alan Davis. Um, so there was a little continuation one next up. Let's look at um, get down my list. Sorry. There's some, stuff in between um a lot of there's a lot of weird stuff that i'm just breezing over right now so bear with me yeah uh next up uh we'll look at uh blue devil number 19 so if you recall blue devil i think we talked about him before mm -hmm. uh three step three tales starring kid devil by gary Cohn, uh dan mishkin ellen Kupperberg, and rick magyar captain cold and the trickster caused trouble and ice cream you scream someone else dons the kid devil suit and guest star and Robin, Jason Todd Robin, helps out with a case in Dear Pen Pal. So some cool issues there. Um, next up, we'll have um, my list of uh, stuff. I don't want to hit everything here. Let me go into uh, Conan the Barbarian, number 177. Wow, uh, 177. Yeah, he went for a while. Conan was a... He started in 78 or something like that. Uh, I think he started 70, 1970. Seven, oh, shit. That was way off. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been in for a while. This was uh, uh, Well of Souls, script by Jim Owsley, pencils by John Buscema. Uh, <laughs> evil time traveler Nostum returns to destroy the Tetra. So big to-dos happening yeah. in that world. Uh, this was another big one that I thought, you know, bring up because we talked about it last time. Crisis on Infinite Earths. This is number nine at this point. Last time we talked about it was the death of Supergirl. Yeah, because uh, that one, was one of the first uh, series where they tied a whole uh, universe yeah, like, together. Every, yeah, everybody was a huge event uh, uh, series. But this was Warzone, written by Marv Wolfman, art by George Perez and Jerry Ordway. Uh, this one is big. The dastardly duo of Brainiac and Lex Luthor assemble the greatest force for evil the multiverse has ever seen. With the heroes distracted by the crisis, the villains of the DCU unite into an army the likes of which have never been seen before and perform a coup d'etat on the remaining Earths. So all yeah, the Earths. Look out. Yeah. Big stuff. <laughs> Big stuff. All right. Next up, Daredevil number 225. Um, 
Mm. This was a, uh, and what, then you die. Script by Denny O'Neill, one of my favorite writers uh, of anything. His Batman stuff's awesome. Dee Dee goes to visit Heather's grave when he discovers the vulture trying to dig her up for her jewels. Eesh, creepy stuff. Mm. Uh, this was a cool one I wanted to pick because uh, this was a DC challenge. Uh, this is number two. So this is where they um, they would pick certain characters and kind of put them together and um, you know they get different writers and authors in each of these so they would uh, have a whole bunch of different things happening. So Batman must stop a bomb from going off. Jonah Hex leaps to the year 1985 and Manticore keeps Congorilla and Buana Beast busy in San Diego and Superman takes on Mongol on Earth's moon. So pretty cool stuff. A lot going on. Yeah, they got, they got a lot going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next up, Doctor Strange, number 74. Um, and now The Beyonder, script by Peter B. Gillis, art by Mark Badger. Clea stays in the dark dimension as Queen Strange battles The Beyonder in the Secret Wars 2 tie-in. So pretty big... Uh, Big deal there, right? Right, because they had the Secret Wars, right? Right, and then and then Affin they so then DC did Affinity Earth, right? Around this time, they're coming out with Secret Wars too, right? Exactly, yeah. So they, I think, because of the success of Secret Wars, they're like, yeah, let's jump in on that too. Um, yeah. All right, let's see. I'm gonna skip over that one. Uh, Fantastic Four number two eighty five. We'll look at that one. This was a Secret Wars 2 tie-in as well. Hero, Avengers cameoed in this. Story by John Byrne, art by John Byrne and Al Gordon. Uh, don't miss this one. It's most important and poignant Fantastic Four tales. When a little boy tries to emulate his heroes, the Human Torch, Johnny learns a hard lesson about what it means to be a role model. Tragic aftermath in that one. This is when She-Hulk was uh, a member, not the thing. What the kid do? Set himself on fire or something? Yes, I think that was a whole deal with that. Don't play with magic, yeah, kids. Don't right? You got it. Uh, this was a funny one I wanted to pick. Fraggle Rock number five. Uh, ah. comic, comic book version of the TV show featuring the Fraggles. Uh, so that was a, nice. a big deal. So yeah, it was pretty cool that they uh, added that. In. I, I still reference Fraggle Rock today. I Because I, 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 I always try to explain to people about the doozers. Yeah. I said, you know, because yeah. I was, you know, I'd feel like a doozer. Like I just... I'm constantly just building shit right. and you're working so hard yep. and then, you know, and then some assholes just come along and tear it down <laughs> and start eating it. You know right. what I mean? That was the, the right. but the doozers just kept on building. You know? yep. They like to build, turn. they build with radishes and the uh, fraggles ate radishes. It was a symbiotic relationship right there. It was <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure at night they go home and be like, God damn fraggles. You know, I was really getting ahead of myself today. I was yeah, really getting ahead of myself. Ate another building today. One of them got really hungry. He must have smoked something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, G.I. Joe 42. Uh, Ties That Bind, written by Larry Hama, art by Rod Wingman. Um, Storm Shadow and his pupil reach a crossroads. So, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, Green Lantern, number 195. Uh, this was a Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. So no, it was called Four. On Oa, Hal Jordan discovers that he will never be a Green Lantern again, as if Guy Gardner becomes the new Green Lantern. So oh, that was a big deal back then. A big, uh, big issue. Yeah. So changeover, and I know he wasn't really that well liked. I don't believe so. No, Guy Gardner. I think he was one of the ones that people didn't care for. I, I don't remember much, but yeah. Never been a big Green Lantern. No, fan, just I didn't because follow of that. Uh, to me, it's like Doctor Who's. 
You know, I'm not a Doctor yeah. Who fan either. It's just yeah. when you can just swap them out. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. Uh, I know what you're saying. Um, next up, He-Man and the Master Youths are the Universe Magazine number one. I just wanted to pick that because I thought that was kind of a cool... Uh, that was a magazine or... Magazine. This was just a magazine. magazine. Didn't last a lot of issues. I think it only lasted maybe like a dozen. Well, they were jumping on that bandwagon. Right. They were trying. The comics came out shortly after. Uh, this. Right. Because this is where Star Comics was going through. Star Comics they, had Heathcliff and Fraggle Rock. Heathcliff number five came out this week as well. I mean, back then they were so big, and at this point, you could sell like He-Man, you know, colonoscopy kits. Yeah, and people would be like, "I'll take on." <laughs> right. I don't know why, but I got <laughs> He-Man on it. It's got He-Man, right? right. <laughs> this was an interesting one I picked. Uh, Howard the Duck number 32. Now, Howard the Duck had been out, came out in 1976. So this was actually an extended period. This has been um, several years since number 31 had come out. But the oh, movie, they, they picked it back up. Yes, the movie was announced at this point. So they knew it was coming. So they re-released, re uh, or they re-started uh, Howard the Duck up, I should say. I always hated when, my, when any comic books, when they would just like, we, we're going to end the series at 31. Well, what the fuck? Right. Why don't we just end it at thirty, right? Or, right. Or, or 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 thirty-six. Give it a full year. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Round it out. End at thirty-one or some random seventy-seven or something. <laughs> right. Some weird. Yeah. Like, was it that bad that you yeah. just had to cut it off right there? You couldn't round it up to a different. You know. Right. So uh, anyway. Yeah. Next up, uh, Iron Man number two hundred one. Uh, Sky Duel, guest starring West Coast Avengers, script by Denny O'Neill. Mark Bright was the art. Um, this was uh, just uh, a team up with West Coast Avengers, mm -hmm. fighting some stuff. Let's move. I'm just trying to. I like here. the West Coast Avengers. <clears throat> yeah, they were pretty cool. That was where Hawkeye and uh, mm -hmm. it ended up. Um, Justice League of America number 245. This was a cross crisis crossover as well. Long Road Home. Uh, written by Jerry Conway. Um, characters, Martian Manhunter, Elongated Man, Steel, uh, if you remember him. Mm -hmm. uh, he was man. Vibe, yeah. Vixen, Zatanna, and Gypsy uh, are all the Justice League. Fury, Northwind, Silver Scarab, and Nuclon for um, Infinity, Inc. were uh, appearing in there. So I always thought that name was kind of shitty, Elongated Man, though. You know, it was, it was obviously, right. it was the... DC version of Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, the elongated, which comes call, call stretchy or something. I mean, what the right. fuck is, is, you know. But then they had Plastic Man, who was essentially the same guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. you know. I mean, the Marvel had the better name, Mr. Fantastic. I mean, that yeah, was, and even that's not great. I mean, it's know, not, I mean, but, it's, but right. That's it, like a dude with a huge ego for sure. You know, he's like, I'm fantastic, Mr. Fantastic. Right, right. <laughs> oh, oh, you're oh, the big rock guy? We just call him the thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm Mr. Fantastic. Right, yeah. And she's a visible girl because she's invisible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, Long Shot, number four. That was a 1985 limited series of the character mm -hmm. Long Shot, uh, written by Anne Nacenti. Uh, art by Arthur, Arthur Adams, cover by Arthur Adams. Can't give it all away. This is thanks to an accidentally blacking out at New York City and dealing diamond, or stealing diamonds from Con Ed. Longshot's picture is plastered all over the news as public enemy number one. So. He was with the, the blonde spiky hair. 
Yes, he had like right. four fingers. He didn't have like yeah. a full five. He was like a little different. Yeah, and I think it might have been Canadian too or something. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, uh, this was a big one for me. Mask number one. If you remember, mask. Oh. Yeah. Mobile Armored Strike Command. This was the premiere issue of the four-parter. Toys um, were out beforehand? Yes. The cartoon had already started at this point. Okay. I believe, as yep. well. So uh, this was the forces of Venom begin their plans for world domination by stealing the gold reserves of Fort Knox. Pretty, pretty crazy Ooh, stuff. Sick. You know, that was a big plot device for a lot of those series. We went to Fort mm-hmm. Knox, you know. It was like, right. we're going to steal all the gold in Fort Knox. And, Right. Well, growing up, that was a big thing, you know. Yeah. Now, now you realize it's it was. It's, who cares? You, you right. Know? I mean, I think the old the old thing was there. There's supposed to be enough gold in Fort Knox to cover like all the economy of the U.S. or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it just it don't work out like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. In real yeah. life, you know. Yeah. Uh, next up, Moon Knight number six. This was the second series of Moon Knight, The Last White Knight, written by James Owsley, art by Mark Beachman, or Beecham, sorry. Moon Knight gets caught up in a plot for revenge and macabre dealings of voodoo. Oh, crazy okay. stuff there. Um, next up, uh, New Mutants number 34. Um, this was a script by Chris Claremont with a little bit of luck. Uh, Magic and Warlock come to an understanding. Magic teleports back to time, back in time to learn the nature of their foe. Magic fee, uh, frees her teammates, and together they defeat Amal Farouk. So, big deal there. Uh, next up is going to be Nightcrawler number two. He had his own little series. Um, they, it was a mini series, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it was just a mini, like a four, I think it was just a four or two or whatever issue mini series. I think it's just two. Um, so this is a boggy day in Lundatwin. Uh, script by Dave Cockrum. Uh, Nightcrawler rescues a beautiful princess from an evil shark creature. Kitty and Ileana pull Kurt from the boggy dimension, but drop him off in another in a failed attempt to bring him home. Bummer. Ah. Kurt. Sorry for you, buddy. All right, uh, <laughs> there's a couple more here I'm going to hit, and then we'll, we'll wrap up uh, our month here. Um, hold on one sec. Let me scroll down. Power Pack. We'll hit this one. Uh, Power Pack um, was a uh, script by Louise Simonson. Uh, this was a um, snark attack was the name of this issue. Uh, Franklin has made a member. Uh, Franklin... Uh, Richards is made a member of Power Pack. All right, because Power Pack was all like kids. It was a group of, were they mutants? Yes. Like, was, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, here's an interesting one I threw in. Uh, Rom. Do you remember Rom? Yeah. Number My seven. brother used to read Rom. The Wit. Yeah. The Wit loved Rom, man. I, I could never get into it. It was, yeah. it was basically like, basically kind of looked like a Transformer, but he yeah. didn't really transform, right? I mean, it's just yeah. a robot. He was like a space knight or something. Was yeah, my, yeah. The wit loved Ron. I can never get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was story by Bill Mantlo, art by Steve Ditko and Joe Sinnott. Two big deals. Uh, hmm. This is a uh, um, Brandy has arrived on Galador homeworld to her beloved Rom. So there we go. <laughs> huh. Turning home to Rom in that one. Um, just a couple more hit. Um, Secret Wars actually second printed uh, at this point, which was kind of cool. Ooh. And Sectors, number four. I thought this was kind of fun. This was another big toy line of the 80s. Didn't really make it very far, um, but it had a comic, had a cartoon, had a toy line. 
Yeah. Um, this was, uh, I think it only lasted about maybe eight issues. But, Again, uh, what yeah. the fuck? Couldn't get 12? No, nope. I mean, <laughs> couldn't get us a full year. Just get us that and we're done. Jesus All right. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up quick. Um, yeah. Let me see what else we got that's cool. Uh, yep, here's our, our big one. I, I wanted to hit this one just V. Remember V, the TV show? Yep. yep. Number 11 of the comic hits. Meanwhile, Out in Space, written by Carrie Bates, art by Carmine Infantino and Tony Dizaniga. Uh, the resistance returns to LA to discover a traitor lurks among them. The son of the leader comes to Earth and becomes a pawn between us and them. So, I think they were about at the end of that run. On that book. But that's it. There's a spinner rack for this week. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Good, Mid -80s, good comics. Yeah. Absolutely. Good comics running around there. So, yeah, pretty cool. So, awesome show, man. Wow. was. Man, I, I feel like we were like up here and we kind of come down in a nice, quiet. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it was good. I liked having a guest on. Yeah. I'm going to tell you fun. folks, I, you know, it was the first guest we've had on. And I thought, uh, like you say, yep. set the bar pretty high. It was yeah. great guest. Fantastic uh, guest. A lot of fun, great it, stories. I think it's worth bringing people on again. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, you'll in uh, once you people hear this, you'll let us know if you think so, if you think yeah. that's worthwhile, or if it's uh, if you just like the regular format. But I, I like to. It was good. I like having a guest in, even if you know, even if we don't do it every week. At least no. once in a while, having a guest makes the show breaks up our. Are just yeah. going back and forth. We get somebody else in here, you know, sharing some stories, mixing it up. Absolutely. So pretty good. We, we've been hitting it pretty hard here in the middle of the 80s because of, yes. you know, that those, those kind of reasons. We did the Back to the Future and then followed up here same year. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know. We'll have to talk about where we're going to go next. That's it. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've got some, uh, I know I've got another guy coming in that we're going to talk to um, about the. Uh, okay which would be the fall of 86, which would be uh, coming up. And he's a writer for okay. one of my favorite cartoons, the real Ghostbusters. He's coming in, um, oh, wrote some nice. of my favorite episodes too. I, I still watch the really? episodes. Oh, the I real Ghostbusters was the, it was the animated spinoff of the, the movie. So the Peter move, Bankman, right, right, right. It wasn't, it wasn't because the Ghostbusters was the one with the ape. The, the right. Yes. Right. right the ape. Yes. They, they would, they wouldn't sell that name. <laughs> <laughs> no, said, that, said, yeah. we're, putting our, we're putting our shit back on TV. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, they don't gotta give them credit for because that was a that was an actual TV show. Oh yeah, yes, yes, with, it, with, with, with a with a costumed ape or whatever. Yes, the hell it was. in the nineteen seventy five. Uh, yeah, it, it yeah, aired, yeah. The Ghostbusters. I never knew that. I only, I, I mean, I was confused enough as a kid when that came out saying yeah. they were Ghostbusters. I did too. It, it blew yeah. my mind because I'm like, wait a minute. Why are there two Ghostbusters shows on? This one's yeah. got the movie characters. Are these like, and they kept touting him as the son of the Ghostbusters. I'm like, okay, is it a sequel to the show? Right. It confused the shit out of me for a long time, but. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's not, let's not uh, pick a date right now. Then we'll see yeah. if you get somebody else lined up. Yep. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look here, uh, getting back to you within a, a couple more weeks. We'll hit another one. And, Absolutely. Um, other than that, you're still working feverishly in the editing room, putting them yes. together. Yes, yes, we're gonna. We'll, we'll, yeah, the episodes will be available uh, yeah. soon, and you should be able to hear everything. So, all right. Well, we'll get uh, we'll get back to you, folks. Remember, in the meantime, awesome. uh, here at the '80s Kids, uh, we'll do the googling for you. 
Definitely. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, uh, having a, uh, you know, for everything we've done. Thanks, Larry Kenny, for coming yeah. on and oh yeah, thank uh, you uh, sharing much. all these great stories and, and just uh, just being a part of it. Absolutely, brother. Okay, Thanks, well, well, we'll see you on the next one. All right. Go beans. Okay.